Advanced After Combat. This is the Advanced After Combat podcast. It's a podcast about wargaming and the, the war games we play. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by myself, Dave, and Jason. Hello. And our mystery host, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Thank now, you for Jeff, having me on. Jeff, did you, I, did you want to keep your identity secret? Because I'm, I'm, I'm okay calling you G Reeves or Jeff R. Whichever <laughs> one, either one. Uh, yeah, as you can tell, I'm quite security conscious uh, on the internet. So, if you could not reveal my identity, that'd be great. A secret, oh, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So Jeff is the is the mystery host. I wanted to just quickly say that. Uh, uh, this is an explicit podcast, and there will occasionally be things that are said that are not appropriate for children. There will be curse words. Uh, this is not one of the podcasts that are out there uh, covering war games that, that sound like a typical NPR episode. Uh, as so, much as we strive for that. Right. That, we're, we're really trying for that kind of production quality, but in the end, this is, if, you, if, if uh, foul language bothers you or explicit language or things of that you really would never talk about in public or maybe even in front of your wife about uh, this podcast that might not be for you. So you should stop listening now. Never listen again. We don't want any more new listeners. We're not trying to get more listeners. (laughs) We're (laughs) very happy with our current size. Any more might cost us more money, too. Right. So we're we're fine. Stop listening, please. (laughs) Unless you're really addicted to the podcast, you need to stop listening. Okay, so uh, we've got Jeff as our new host, and uh, I wanted to just, we, we basically go through, Jeff, you understand, we go through kind of a, a routine with the, the mystery hosts as they come on, right? You understand yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Jeff, you're from Canada. I am. And that's going to be kind of strange for some of our listeners, right? I'm, uh, I'll, 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 I'm fluent in American. Okay. Right. I, I speak it with a heavy accent, but I'll be okay. 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 Uh, we have some xenophobic listeners, so that's, that's good. Right. We, <laughs> we do have some Canadian listeners, though. I know we do. We do. We're trying to balance them out with the Australian listeners. Yeah. Try to have equal yeah. ratio. One to one. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so, Jeff, what, what's the first uh, war game you ever played? Well, um, it would have to be, well, I mean, it's not like, you know, a very hardcore war game, but Axis and Allies and, and University. Um, I That's actually college for our American listeners. Right. College, yes, yes. And um, I, uh, I actually, I'm, I'm fairly recent to to, to board war gaming. I've been uh, a video game war gamer for quite a while. Like you know the Hex Encounter style war games, uh, John Tiller Simulations. I think a few people know about mm-hmm. those. I've really been heavily into um, those sort of things. And actually, John, who's also in the guild. Shout out to the guild. So John, uh, John's basically the medicine man of the guild. Is he our oldest yes. member? <laughs> um, Is John the oldest guy in the guild? I don't Is know. He older than me? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, I think he turns fifty this year. Oh, he's definitely the oldest. Yeah, but he does not look it. So John won't get mad at me that way. No, I agree. So anyway, I know. Uh, so so John and I are both uh, metal collectors. I think we've mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. We both uh, collect British Army medals. From Nerds. That. Nerd, yeah, yeah. Nerd. <laughs> Look at your fucking podcast. Come on, kind of nerd. That hurts. <laughs> nerds judging nerds. Stop the nerd on nerd crime. 
<laughs> I, I will ma- I, Jason, I will mail my lunch money to you. Let me that so, uh, but it'll be in Canadian dollars, so it won't buy you much. You can't trade. spend it here. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I uh, I go to a, a convention with him every year uh, in the States. That's how I met him. I've known him for about eight years now. And this last summer, it was in Milwaukee, of all places, um, which was a you know, nice city. Never been there before. Anyway, so we got talking. I asked him, oh, have you ever played, like, you know, these these video games? You know, and he goes, no, 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 but I'm really into board games, war games. So we just started chatting more, and and uh, I got onto Board Game Geek. Like, he told me about it, and there was some gaming stores here in Toronto where I live, and uh, I went down and bought a couple games, and here we are, like, a year later, and I have, like, 30 games, and I'm playing almost every night. So the first one I bought, though, and played was uh, Field Commander Rommel, because I do play a lot, you know, solitaire a lot, like you do, Jason. Um, don't know anyone in Toronto yet. Hey, maybe I'll be able to meet some people soon who who I play face-to-face with. Uh, there are a couple of groups, but they meet Saturdays during the day, and I've got two young kids, so that's, you know, that's not going to happen. So I play, you know, almost exclusively on Vassal or or uh, Solitaire. So Field Commander Rommel is one of the first ones I bought. Um, the some Combat Commander and uh, Pursuit of Glory. I think those were the first ones I got. So yeah, do you think that John introduced you to war games so he could beat you like a drum at these like, games on Vassal? Um, quite. Po- I'm starting to think that because you know we, we are playing this. Uh, this combat commander series I and your uh, record, your record is about <laughs> nine, nine and one. If, if I wow. was done one and nine, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not doing well. I, I was all happy because I won like the second game. We were one and one. I absolutely trounced him. Right. That was your, your favorite one there, Dave, with all the uh, Molotov cocktails. Right. Where, where like they start adjacent to all the enemy units. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, that's where the, the, the Soviet armies are sort of traipsing through the woods and the Finns are hiding in the woods for their Molotov cocktails. So I was the Finns in that one and absolutely decimated them, but it's a pretty unbalanced scenario. So I thought yeah. it was hot and it turns out I'm not so shit hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Jeff, there, you know, there are anti-bullying laws in the United States and I think you might be able, there might be some recourse for you there. Yeah. Yes, John, really John is. Is beating me like a, a redheaded stepchild. Ironically, I actually do have red hair, so I'm, I'm starting to take it personal now. <laughs> it's ginger crime. That's even it's, worse. It's crime against ginge. Yes, it's true. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of the the first game you played. What's your favorite? Is Combat Commander pretty much your favorite war game? Um, it's up there, but I have to say, uh, Ralph, turn off your radio now. It's off. Uh, Blood and uh, Blood and Roses right now. Actually. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, I've been playing. I've actually played last night with uh, Braxton. We're continuing our uh, the, the the Towton scenario, which is the the big one. So it's our second session. We'll have to play one more, and I love it. It it plays great solo. It plays great, uh, you know, head to head with someone. There's um, I can't remember offhand. Was it four? There's five or six scenarios. There's not a huge number of scenarios, but there's a lot of replayability. It it it, it flows really nicely. It, uh, the, the rule set is not that complicated to learn, and yet it's not a very shallow game either. There's a lot of depth to it. And, um, you, you can do different things every time. I mean, there's different tactics you can employ, so it's not the same thing every time, uh, even though the scenarios are similar and the setup's similar. So, I've been, I've been loving that. So I think right now that, that type of game, and that specific game, uh, th- those mechanics are, I'm really enjoying, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of Combat Commander, and I do like it. But, but, uh, but Blood and Roses is pretty much your 
Right now, yeah, it's the flavor of the month. So. Okay. Uh, what do you think the best thing about Canada is? The best thing about Canada? God. Um, maple syrup and Mounties? I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, that's two things. You know what? Uh, actually, uh, I, I, I am a very proud Canadian, I should say that. Uh, I like the fact that I live in a, a massive country with a, a lot of sort of natural wealth and have a, you know, we're, we're relatively small population, so we're, we're not, you know, kind of in each other's faces. And it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like America, but uh, not as crowded. What do you think the best thing about America is? Um, the people. I, I actually travel down to the States a lot. I'm probably down there five or six times a year. And, uh, so probably spending, you know, like three weeks a year there. And, uh, I, I have a lot of American friends and definitely the people. I mean, the culture is very similar to Canada. You know, we've got McDonald's too. We have Costco. Like we have a lot of the same things. Um, so it's just like, yeah, it's the, the people, the regions, you know, like the South is different. You know, the Southwest is different from, sure. you know, the Adirondacks or, or whatever. So. Um, I've been pretty much all over the states. I haven't been to every state, but I've been to sort of all the major regions. And uh, yeah, nice. you're very nice people. So somewhere, what, what do you think oh, the worst thing about Canada is? And don't say the Quebecois. You got to say something. No, I, I, I happen to like Quebec a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you liar! You're such a I liar. <laughs> I speak French, so it doesn't uh, that doesn't hurt me when I'm there. They they kind of. So what's the worst thing about Canada um, besides the French Canadians? Oh, besides the mayor of Toronto, um, <laughs> that's the best thing about. Canada. That might be the best thing. <laughs> Let's party and smoke crack, have hookers over. That's awesome. Um, yeah, see, Marion Barry did the same thing, but he had to resign. Ours is running for re-election. Yeah, hey, we're talking about Canada right now, Jeff. I know, I know. Sorry. Uh, the worst thing about uh, worst thing about Canada. Um, I think we're, uh, oof. I know I'm pretty conservative, so I think sometimes we can be a bit, I think we can, we're, we're, we can be a bit wishy-washy. You know, like we have a conservative government right now and that's great. And I'm not saying like it's, it's gotta be like that, but, um, I think we, uh, we, we, we often, we can, we, we have a pretty high horse sometimes. We, we think that we're morally superior a lot of times and, uh, there's a lot of, uh, if you talk to Canadians, there, there can be a lot of anti-American sentiment, like, oh, those damn Yankees, and I, I, that kind of pisses me off quite a bit. It's it's uh, it's this, this competition that really shouldn't be there. They just get annoyed when they, you know, read about, you know, like, I don't know, some of the differences, and, yeah, I, th- I think it's that. It's, it's just, we're, we're, we, we can be a bit wishy-washy and... And uh, a little too full of ourselves sometimes. What, what do you think the worst thing about America is? Uh, Be very tread carefully. Here, <laughs> the people. Yeah. Most of us, don't you? Um, I think. Uh, no, I'm like no. Diane Sawyer. I'm like, all right, let's go. Seriously. Uh, okay, I, I will. Be, I'll be dead honest because I'm always honest with my friends. Uh, I'm not sucking up, but uh, uh, you can be pretty arrogant sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now you have the bombs. I get that. <laughs> you know, you're allowed to be. Is it because we're better? No, I, I think some of the arrogance, I think, uh, gets to people. Um, and, but that's not, that's why when you ask me, like, what do I like about the states? I like the people. But right. sometimes when you take the whole community, it can be a bit much. I don't know. Right. So, yeah. Okay. 
It's all good, though. So, so Jeff, uh, you were in the military. I was. I was in the Army Reserve. Now, were you a paratrooper? I was. Okay, so I have a couple questions about the Canadian paratroopers. Yeah. Um, so how, how many paratroopers are there in the Canadian military? <laughs> uh, let's see. There was the Canadian Airborne Regiment at one time. Right. Which was uh, basically a battalion strength unit divided into three commandos, but the commandos were more or less company strength. Okay, so when you were in the military, how many paratroopers were there? Oh. Let's see. The Airborne Regiment would have been six or seven hundred. Then you had the reserves, which would have been another 150 or so. So, okay. I don't know, say eight or nine hundred. So without giving up too much about uh, the top secret plans that Canada has, mm -hmm. uh, should war come, I don't know, maybe with the United States or with any mm -hmm. other countries, um, what generally was the deployment strategy for the Canadian paratroops? Uh, they, like where, where did they anticipate that you guys were going to be used? That's a good question. I think the, the, the airborne... Uh, let's see... Let's put it this Watch way. The last, the, the, Quebec. the last combat This is a warning sign, Quebec. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they were keeping them in their strategic reserve. <laughs> exactly. Um, I actually, I, I don't know what the the, the the NATO plans for the airborne forces were supposed to be for Canada. Um, they were always uh, like a, a quick reaction force. Was I think was the idea. Um, for, but for what type of thing? Oh, uh, any, maple, any like like like. like a maple syrup truck rollover tragedy? It could be, it could be. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Russian fishermen running aground on some Arctic ice, <laughs> just in case, you know. You never uh, know. Seal, seals attack, in, seals attacking innocent seal clubbers. Off of exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Paul McCartney going after, uh, the, 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 the seal hunters. Some kind of major seal counterattack. <laughs> <laughs> Seals fight back. <laughs> Seal Team Seven. <laughs> Seals deploy Seal Seals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is not to. Uh, I mean, we're just talking about this. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure the Canadian paratroopers worked very hard to uh, train and prepare to drop in parachutes on some country. That might not be suspected. Should the need arise, yes. Should the need arise, that's right. Iceland, Greenland. We could take them. They're right there. Yeah, right. They're right there. You guys, I think the paratroops could wipe out Iceland in no time. Pretty much. So when I don't you think they have an army red dawn. So, so, yeah, they're all hanging out in spas and stuff and like hot water. Dr drinking vodka and... So, so Jeff, when you would go to training, would they ever say like, hey, here's kind of what we're going to, we're planning on doing? Um, they weren't sharing high-level tactical planning with uh, with Private Reeves. Let me just right. tell you that much. Um, yeah, funnily enough. Yeah, we didn't get that either, though. Was yeah. it the we Soviet? were always training was... against some made-up enemy. But oh, yeah. It was always... Soviet? Well, when I was in, in the sort of like, you know, 1990, 1992, 1993, we were still training for the Warsaw Pact. Right. I mean, it was that in-between time when, yes, the, the the wall had fallen, but when I went to West Germany in, well, it was still West Germany for a few more months in, in the summer of 1990, um, we were still, you know, 
training for the the the, the second shock army to come over mm-hmm. that hill, right? Even though that wasn't going to happen anymore. Um, and so, how how were you guys going to get out there? Was United Airlines going to was United Airlines going to fly you guys into a like? <laughs> I, think, I, think Air, I think Air Canada was. Well, yeah, it was uh, it, it was the same, uh, you, you know, like the the reforger exercises that NATO did. I mean, it was all. But did you guys deploy out there for reforger? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, we we, we participated in reforger. Um, and was it the full deployment or just like uh, leadership? Uh, no, it was um, it was leadership, and then they'd often bring over. Um, you know, a, a battalion or two, like a different one every year, and then they have you know reserve, uh, reservists as uh, so augmentee, augmentees. So, so, so it was part of it was like a staff exercise, but the other yeah. part they would actually deploy a battalion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of our our active forces were over there. We had a we had a, a reinforced brigade over there anyway, in an air wing. So, right. Okay, well, that's just, I was kind of curious about that, because I, I know you are, um, you were in the military, and I, res- I respect your service, Jeff. Thank you. I want you to know, I just want to thank you for your service. <laughs> Protecting Canada from the threats. What is the Canadian Memorial Day? Uh, it is, is uh, November 11th, Remembrance Day. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So it's Veterans Day for us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so my genius move was I asked my wife to marry me on Veterans Day, so now awesome. I can bundle those holidays together. Well, it's a good drinking day anyway, so. <laughs> Indeed. In the US, speaking, like, speaking of which, I need another. Can we pause for a minute? Oh, yeah, I get to get a drink, too. Yeah. I'm going to grab a beer. All right. All right. It's going fast. Jason, you're the one that records. And we are recording. <clears throat> So when beer is in the 75 milliliter bottle, does it have a, is it still called a fifth? You mean liquor? No, beer. Beer. Um, I've never heard of the term a fifth of beer before. Yeah. But it's the same size bottle, right? I think so. Like we don't, but I know you guys will say like a fifth of whiskey or a fifth of whatever, and it's not a term that's used up here. Oh. Because a fifth is, is it what, 750 mils? Yeah. Yeah. That's but that's twenty six ounces, right? I don't know. I, I think it's that's twenty six. So we'll call that a twenty sixer. Uh, no, our bo- our bottles say seven fifty. Yeah. So if it's beer, is it called a fifth? No. Or, or is it just a big bottle of beer? It's a it's just a big bottle of beer. Yeah. Well, that's boring. It needs a name. It does need a name? No, but liquor. Sure, liquor. I agree. I was in Napa a lot last week, and I always like all the crazy ass names they they have for the different bottle sizes. The, uh, what is it? Something bomb. Oh, they have a lot of different, yeah. yeah. And then a bunch of names after kings and all that crazy shit. Yeah. You guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Sadly, yes. Oh. <laughs> You're still in the driver's seat, Dave. The, uh, the, the drink idea was a great idea, by the way. <laughs> great for drink. <laughs> I didn't know gin and tonic, so that was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, I thought the thing you were going to say that was worst about Canada was the high liquor prices. Well, yeah, I, I guess I could have. I'm just so used to that now, but we were talking earlier about, uh, Hendrix Gin, which I, I have found now, and I actually fairly close by to me. And I thought, oh, oh yeah, it's supposed to be good. It's wonderful. Day, right? Huh? It's wonderful. It, it is, it is excellent gin. I love the bottle. Very cool looking and all that. Um, forty-eight dollars. Too much. So, what's the difference between 
like gin and Hendrix? What is so special about it? The Does difference it... between Bombay and Hendrix, I think, is that uh, it's a little bit of bitters. It's mm-hmm. just the flavor is much better. Yeah. I, and I guess it's the ingredients. I mean, every gin has different, what do they call them, florals mm-hmm. or whatever they mm-hmm. they use. And so the recipes are slightly different. So, yeah, the tastes are different. Um, I found, I was drinking a, a gin called Dillon's, which is a, a Canadian gin, which is, I, I love, I've been drinking a lot of it um, recently. And uh, I went back to Bombay, and Bombay tasted, like, pretty harsh. Yeah, I don't like Bombay. It's too no. too much of the the berry, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah but, but you notice it with the tonic water? I think the tonic water kind of washes some of that out. Yeah, I still taste it. I drink New, New Amsterdam gin, mm. which is... Just a supermarket brand. I mean, it's it's pretty cheap, um, but it's it doesn't have that like overpowering flavor that Bombay does. No, I think the Rodvik uh, gin and tonic is tonic water, gin, Hendrix gin, and a little bit of bitters. Mm-hmm. Really oh, I have been putting bitters in my gin. And really tonic, good, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a nice touch. I, I do the diet tonic water. Me too. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I wasn't going to mention that, but oh, right, but doesn't make you like, pussy, Jason. Huh? What is diet tonic water like? It has less sugar in it. Because tonic is a shit ton of sugar. Are you you don't area? As we all pause to drink. No, no, so Jeff, you don't know what diet tonic water would be? Like, uh, attaching the word diet to the front of another fucking word doesn't explain what that would be? Well, it kind of seems pointless. I'd be well, more worried about the malaria, like, you know, what about the quinine? Is it, is it no, they all have quinine. That's there's, why no di- there's no diet quinine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Arizona, yeah, Canada, it's, yeah, highly it's malarial area. <laughs> it's a hotbed of mosquitoes down here. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that should have been your big, I think, uh, worst thing about Canada. Probably. I was probably getting, uh, I, I was thinking along the, the wrong lines. And, and actually, the, the, even worse than the high liquor price is is not being able to buy liquor in you know it's corner stores and yeah. supermarkets. Really, you have to buy it at the liquor store. Yep, I I can literally buy booze at my pharmacy mm-hmm. where I pick up my drugs to handle my liver problems. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a one stop shop for me. But you have, you have to pay for your medical care. Yes, I do not, which is yeah, why but- my liquor prices are so high. I get like a ten dollar copay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jason, you don't have a ten dollar copay. No, my insurance sucks. But right. here's here's the difference, Dave, is that if you lose your job, right, then then you got to start, you know, worrying about insurance. If I lose my job, I I don't worry about it. I, still, I you know, my liver transplant will be free all the same. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I'm actually I would I would say just for the record that I am a uh, conservative. But when it comes to, I'm actually pretty moderate conservative. So when it comes to medical care, I actually feel that, uh, I don't understand why at some point your job became attached to your, your medical company. Yeah. You know, where your boss would be like, I don't like your face, you're fired. And then now you're like, uh, well, that sucks because my wife has a chronic disease. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. At some point, you, the medical care in the U.S. became so, uh, associated with your occupation. That, that you don't want to lose your job sometimes just because you don't want to lose your medical coverage. With some yeah. I mean, I know it's very controversial there, but I don't know why everyone is, seems terrified of 
quote unquote socialized medicine. It's not that bad. Like, I don't know. Well, I think we've had so much, so many problems with welfare and social benefits and things mm. like that, that they're concerned that it's just it's going to be the same type of program. You know, the government has shown that it's not able to, to run some kind of welfare benefits program. So why would rely on the government to run a, a medical yeah. program? So yeah. plus you've got insurance companies that have a, a vested interest in there not being any government run healthcare. So. Well, okay, so this has been a really terrible episode of the Fantastic Combat so far. So I told you, I told you, you're, you're gonna have me on and... Jeff is the only Canadian we're ever gonna allow on this show ever again. That is not true. Sorry, Kevin, you're out, buddy. Jeff, we will absolutely let you on again, because <laughs> I consider you a personal friend. <laughs> shut love, up and don't say We love that. Canadians. Holy shit, it's terrible. Okay. Jeff, so, just sit in the background and shut up. No, we're doing great. No, do not shut up, Jeff. We need you to start drinking. Have a wait. That's right. Yeah, I brought two beers up with me just in case. You should oh. chug a bottle of maple syrup right now. Oh, sweet. Okay, and I was going to ask you one more question, but I was going to ask you why so many home improvement shows happen in Toronto, but uh, we're not even going to cover that. Now. <laughs> well, it's it's pretty on. funny, actually, because they do, and, and a couple of them are filmed around here, and I know I know several people who have been on them. But that was the question. Don't answer the question. Yep. Yeah. We're bulldozing through all that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you write these questions down, Dave? These are my notes. I like I like the notes. You got yeah. through yeah. them. Your notes, notes are, are correct this time. One day my notes might be in the Smithsonian. So <laughs> <laughs> if you oh, forget them there, yeah. Dave. Yeah. What? Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. That's right. Yes, so happy we- anniversary to you guys. One year. So romantic, you, you kids. I know. It's the best. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. Thank you to all the listeners. We really appreciate everybody who's listened to us. Uh, the podcast has changed quite a bit over the months. But I think right now we've kind of got the formula that we like yeah. and what we want to do. So and I've uh, actually stopped telling people not to listen. I just say just listen to the most recent two or three. <laughs> don't start at the beginning. Just don't waste your time. They all have something about them that's good. Except for this one, but yeah. Well, it's weird because you do a podcast and you record something, and you're like, "Yeah, I guess guys will like it," and you don't know if people listen or not, or I don't know. So. It's a very strange thing. You listen back to them, and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> a little rough." So, so in the end, these are conversations. So, yeah, this is this is this this one is a little bit different because we did bring in a Canadian mystery host, so. Just everyone bear with us. <laughs> yep, great guy. We're going to really start getting... Yes. He hasn't had enough... Now international. Right. we we got to do that. Legally, I think we might be required to occasionally bring in the Canadian. So, <laughs> so, uh, hey, so we're going to do the quiz. Jeff, yep. are you ready for the quiz? I am ready. I've been studying all week. Okay, good. So one thing before I say the quiz... Uh, Okay, so there's, we, we always, I always try to have like a medieval or like a, a biblical, like an ancient type section to the quiz. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't come up with all these questions for the, the medieval shit. So what I would ask is, we've got a, an email address, advancedaftercombat at gmail.com. If you come up with good medieval questions, like for the name for quiz, feel free to email them to us because with, when I'm doing it, it's like almost always going to be the Romans and that's going to be boring. Yeah. But it's hard to find like four solid answers for a question if it's not the Romans. So, 
So that's what I'd say. So we I want the questions you asked Ralph because I was doing well in that one. <laughs> well, they are not going to be those questions. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but but so if you do have good ancient or medieval questions, feel free to send them in to us at our email address. So okay, so uh, Jeff, you ready? I I am ready. So Bring this quiz is name four. We know mm-hmm. this quiz. Anybody who listens knows this is what you go through. So uh, Jeff, you're into World War II. You play Combat Commander, right? Yep. So you're pretty knowledgeable about World War II? Having played Combat Commander, I am now an expert on World War II. Okay. Yes. Name four, name four Japanese aircraft carriers. Hmm. I'm not sure if I could name one. <laughs> you uh, can name one. Oh, are Japanese aircraft carriers not in Combat Commander? <laughs> there aren't even sure. Japanese tanks, you know that. Come on. <laughs> I've given sure. her the end of that one. I thought for sure uh, they'd be I was going to say Yamamoto, but I think he was an admiral, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yes. Pretty sure he was, uh. Um. And we're going to. Craft carriers. No, and here's how it's going to start working. I think Yamamoto was a battleship, right? No. He was an admiral. Yamato was a battleship. Yamato. Whatever. Oh, Yamato was, was a, uh, an admiral. But the okay. best admiral. You know what I was going to say. Yeah. He got shot down or something, didn't he? Yeah, by the Americans, they basically assassinated him. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, well, I got that one right, which was no, actually so, the question. So there are some basic rules we're going to institute right now. Uh-huh. If you're going to make a guess, then uh-huh. that's your answer. All right. You can't do like what what Sheldon did, where you just throw out all these... Was it... What about... So I have to confess, I was all excited when you were going to ask me World War II questions, but I have absolutely zero knowledge of the Japanese Imperial Navy, so... So Dave with an end run to the right for the touchdown. Okay. Seriously. Fakes left, runs right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. so I, 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 I can't even name one. Okay. Unfortunately. Akagi. Okay. Akaga. None of them. You could have just made some guttural noises and made... <laughs> He's right. Agadashi? <laughs> That's a That's great guess. <laughs> I had agadashi tofu at the sushi place last week. So you're like edamame. Edamame. The yakitori. You're like California roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's not going to go well. Okay, so no, so I will uh, black mark for the Canadians there. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's some harikiri right there, I think. There you go. All right, so this I think, but, I think points for the Japanese words. But, but these, this next question, I think, is going to be right in your wheelhouse. Okay. Saying that sarcastically. Okay, excellent. There were four British generals who commanded okay. British field armies during the American Revolution. Okay. Name them. Four of them: Cornwallis. Got it. Um. Um. God, I feel really drunk in this episode. <laughs> I feel really, I feel really dumb in this episode. Oh God, I'm way too buzzed. Jeez. I only know Cornwallis because there's a uh, Canadian Army basic training is at CFB Cornwallis, so. Same of the training school. Um, yeah, I don't know. Picton, no, Picton was uh, Napoleonic Wars. 
We would we would have accepted Howe. Oh, Howe, okay. Clinton. Uh-huh. Or, or Gentleman, Gentleman Johnny Burgoyne. Okay. Who surrendered at Saratoga. Right. To the goodies. <laughs> to the good guys. To the goodies. Uh, and then all the baddies went up to Canada. There was one American patriot, and that was Benedict Arnold, and you know it. Right, I mean, and then all the baddies moved to Canada. <laughs> That's right. The loyalists, thank you very much. Well, I thought, I thought, Jeff, I really thought that was going to be a, a good yeah, deal. I got one. I, I don't feel good about the rest of this quiz for you after that. No, I'm not. I'm not like, Imperial Japanese Navy, come on, who knows no, anything? That's tough. Seriously. I thought you were World War II guys, so I thought that would be kind of a, alright. So, uh. I knew the, I knew the animals for all the, the, the vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to go to your next strong point. American right. Civil War. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys had that was like 19th century, right? <laughs> right. right. Starting well. Name four Confederate forts hmm. from the American Civil War. Okay. Um, Fort Sumner. Okay, that's a good one. We got that one. Is that actually? Am I right? Okay. Yep. Cool. I wasn't so, sure if that was Revolutionary War or Civil War. <laughs> it's some tur, but I think oh, it's some ner, but I'll take it. We'll accept that. Oh, uh, yeah. In, in Canada, it's pronounced with uh, with a T. Oh no, the I am sure this. The T is silent. Yeah, the T is silent in Canada. Um, four other forts. You have three other ones. Three other ones, yeah. Charleston. Well, that's a city, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Sumter is the fort of Charleston. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, all the listeners are just shaking their head right now. Yeah, do you feel like as a Canadian, you have a distinct disadvantage in this? this little bit, yeah. Yeah, I could probably name forcible war battles. I can probably do that, but... Uh, yeah, but that would be a stupid question. We would never... How ask about Savannah? Nope. Is that a fort there? No. That's actually a city. It is a city. I know it's a city, but maybe they named the fort after the city. I don't know. Well, Jeff, let me check the list of, of uh, forts. <laughs> hey, it's in the south, and I got that right. That is not a that is not a fort. Uh, I think Sumter, and I yeah, you'll have to. Okay, you surrendering? I'm surrendering. Okay, so some quick ones that we would have accepted. Yeah. Uh, Grant ob- ca- captured Fort Henry and Fort Donelson. Okay. Uh, fort Fisher. Was captured in the movie Glory. Oh, I, saw, uh, I saw the movie. And Jackson would have been a good bet just because they named pretty much everything after Jackson and <laughs> Jackson after he was dead. Uh, but that's it. I think you did okay, considering you get one. I got one. Maybe half of one. <laughs> oh, come on. A solid one. That's a solid that's one. A sol- that's a solid one. Okay. You're up, Dave. <laughs> okay, so in the Crusades, there were a bunch of Western heads of state that actually launched crusades. Okay. So so sometimes just regular nobles would go on a crusade, but sometimes there'd be like a king or emperor yeah. that went on a crusade. Sure. Uh, name four Western heads of state that launched a crusade and landed in Arabic countries. 
Jesus oh, Christ. Uh, Henry the Second. It's French. Did he? Henry on your list? the Second. Let's see. Let me check. I've got a long list. <laughs> was that that long? Do you remember uh, what crusade it was? Well, I wouldn't have it. That's a bad sign for. Are you just making up stuff? No, no. I know he was an actual French king, but I, I'm guessing it was long ago enough that he might have launched a crusade. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I'm Richard the first. Did he make it all the way? R- Richard the first. Richard the yeah. first counts. That's it. That's good. That's good. Okay. The Lionheart. Um. Yeah. No, I think that's about the limit of my crusade knowledge, right there. Richard the first. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Right. And you thought Lucas had set the, the the bar low. Oh jeez. Well, this I think this. Uh, well, now we're in the bonus. Tough. Yeah, now we're in the bonus, Jeff. We're so what do I have so far? Do I have two or three so far? Three. Three. Oh, at least Jason keeps track of this shit. Yeah, someone has to run this thing. Okay, so uh, this is the bonus. So which... nothing like on first Afghan war, the British army of Victoria, nothing like that. Nope. First. World War No, okay. Yeah. Only important wars. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so early, so early First World War British Army history. So here we go. Alright. Name four German minor states besides mm-hmm. Russia that participated in the eighteen seventy war between France and Prussia. Okay. So basically eighteen seventy the Franco Prussian War was fought. Yeah. Name four states, and it, it even if they were kind of consolidated with Prussia, name yeah. four states, German states that participated. Yeah, uh, Hesse. Uh huh. Um. Yes, I said that while I was drinking, so I just wanted to be clear that was correct. Uh, Anhalt. No. Well, they didn't. Yeah. Okay. And this is kind of like major states, not like minor, little dinky. Yeah. Uh, Oldenburg. What? Oldenburg. Oldenburg? Are you just like kind of coming through like like strange? No, these are actually German states. I just don't know if they fought in the eighteen seventy war. We're talking major states that some of them actually contributed troops to the war. Yeah. So let's think of big states. Bavaria. There you go. Like there beer. Go. I, my next thing was beer. They have beer. <laughs> uh, Lippa, uh, Bavaria, um. Yeah, I got Hess. Hesse. Is it Hesse? Yeah, it'd be Hesse. Oh fuck, of course you know that. Of course I did. You're Canadian. Of course. You guys are like the liaison between the US and Europe, right? <laughs> I, I think that's exactly what we are. Yes. <laughs> We're, we're that buffer. We're that buffer. I, I, when our diplomats go to Europe, we should have Canadian. Inspire <laughs> <laughs> us. Um, Schleswig. No, don't even, don't start with those crappy guys. There's what much more major states you should be mentioning. All the small guys first, I guess. Why'd uh, you take pressure out of the mix? It's well, a pressure, bonus. You gotta, you gotta give this softball. the main one, the right? Softball. Yeah, pressure's a big, Bismarck is the big guy. Yeah. But Bavaria is a softball one. Um, 
And I'm sure we're going to get tons of emails about how I screwed this bonus question up. I don't care. Send them. I love them. <laughs> I don't even uh, check them. <laughs> no, I look at them. Do you? I mean, I ignore them. Sometimes I respond. I'm like, hey, great answer, nerd. Westphalia? Ah, oh, Jeff. I, these are the states I know. I don't know. I'm... Give up. Just surrender. Oh. oh. I'm trying to think of the one I used to live in, and it's like a major one, but I can't think of the name right now. Um, it's really bugging me. Okay, I give up. Go ahead. Wurttemberg? Wurttemberg, yes. Baden, that's what I was trying to think of. Baden. Baden. What's the answer? And that's where I used to live, so. Should have known that. Fuck that one up, Jeff. Yeah, I did. Huge disaster. And uh, we, I would have actually taken Saxony. Okay. Even though at this point Saxony, their troops kind of dressed like the Prussians, and they they were kind of uh, like uh, assimilated to the Prussian army. I w- I would have taken the Saxons because their prince still kind of commanded them, and yeah, and they had they had their own medals and decorations. Yeah, for so the Prussians. So there you go. So you so knew I got that? like what two? I got two there, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Oh. You got two: yeah. Bavaria and Hesse. Yeah, as you say, or as we say in the the uh, Hess, or Hessians, those Hessian bastards. Those Hessian bastards. So, Jason, what's the total score here? Uh, five. Five. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty bad. That's good stuff. Yeah. Oh. Canada. <laughs> hey, I'm proud of you for even knowing the tune. Come on, yeah. that's good stuff. I've been to some hockey games. We watch hockey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Olympics. Yeah. Most of the LA Kings are Canadians anyway, so. Yeah, yeah that was a heck of a, heck of a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it. Well, the Kings, Kings ran through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. When the Rangers celebrated in the fourth game that they won two to one, I was like, oh, you guys are done. Cause they were celebrating like they won the Stanley Cup. I'm like, <laughs> if you're celebrating that much for that game, your confidence is destroyed. The whole city had no confidence. And in LA, they were like, yeah, we'll beat them once they come back. Oh, big disappointment. We'll just win it when they come back to LA. So there was really never any doubt in Los Angeles that we weren't going to win that one. Yeah. That sounds like LA though. Well, LA's, LA's kind of a weird hockey town. Not, not, you know, there, there are a bunch of LA Kings fans, but it's not the big teams, so. But the Lakers have sucked so badly. I think they get more attention. Need something to root for. Dodgers are good though. Dodgers are okay. Yeah. How are we doing on drinks? We good? Pretty yeah, good. I'm, I'm still okay. I you guess good? I brought two. Oh, fuck. I'm screwed. Okay, so, uh, Next thing we got is, uh, we want to talk about Constant World. Sure. So Jeff, uh, feel free to ask questions during I this will. time because you didn't go to Constant World Expo. So, Shame uh, Jason, you want to lead off and kind of talk about your Constant World Expo experience? Um, yeah, I mean, I think anyone who can make that trip should make it. It's the only gaming convention I've ever been to. Um, probably the only one I will go to. It's kind of the the king of the wargame convention. Um, I know some people are talking about is it WBC coming up and all the wargaming that happens there, but it's nothing like like Constant World from what I understand. 
Um, so I went, I didn't sign up for the whole week. I just planned on being there three days, but realized I had Monday off. So I went four days. Didn't sign up for a big game this year. Um, Dave and I played a giant game last year. Um, and I didn't get to do some of the smaller stuff that I wanted with people. So this year I decided I'm just kind of hang out, play some open gaming, um, just play whatever comes up. Um, outside of the gaming though, I played, I don't know, 10 or 11 games over the course of the week that I was there. Um, but more importantly than that was hanging out with people. I mean, that's where Dave and I met last year. Um, that's what the podcast came out of was us kind of hanging around, drinking beer and shooting the shit. Um, and that's kind of what I was looking for this year. Hang out with Dave. He, well, I'll let, I'll let Dave talk about his experience, but, um, like just at night, you know, the, the guys playing the big stuff would kind of clear out, go to dinner. Um, open gaming would kind of kick off with people just playing shorter things, uh, Dave and I would break out the beer uh, and just kind of sit around and talk. So talk to, you know, some of the local guys here. Rick was there. Um, Paul, how do you say his last name, Dave? Guess, is it Gascoigne? Gascoigne, yeah. God, fuck, I'm the worst guy to ask that. <laughs> something. Uh, had a great time sitting around talking with him. Uh, Brian Scott, Mike B., uh, let's see, who else? Callendale was there, Enrico. A lot of fun. Dave and I took him out for a beer. Yeah, we had a beer with Callendale. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I played games. I don't know that... I guess the big one that I played, or I guess the two big ones I played was the upcoming DNBN Foo from Legion War Games. Um, play tested that with Roger Miller, who's the, I guess, owner-operator of um, Revolution Games. Had a great time with him. He's a <laughs> he's a really good guy. Um, had a lot of fun with him. But going to these conventions makes me understand that I'll probably never be a game designer. I don't have that mindset, that attention to detail and numbers and crazy in-depth history knowledge. Um, but it was cool hanging out with him. Uh, we played his game or one of his games together, and then on Wednesday we played D&B and Foo. If any, anyone listening is interested in that conflict, um, that's definitely the, the game I've experienced that uh, represents it the most, or the closest. Uh, great game. And then on Thursday I played Fire in the Lake, which is the upcoming coin game from GMT on the Vietnam War. Um, I like that system. I like those games. I think I've talked about almost all of them on the podcast, maybe even all of them. Um, really cool system. Fire in the Lake nails it, knocks it out of the park. Uh, everything feels right. There's not kind of that dummy faction that the other ones have. Uh, I don't know what it's called in Annie and Abyss. The, is it called Warlords? The Cartel. Yeah, it's the Cartel in Annie and Abyss. Uh, Cuba Libre has the mob and, uh, a discipline has the warlords where you're not really involved in the conflict. You're just kind of poking at people and trying to maintain fire in the lake. Doesn't have that. Uh, it's the factions are the U S or the coalition, um, the Arvin, the NBA and the VC. 
So everyone's doing stuff. Everyone has a real role to play. Uh, everything feels right. Um, during my play, pulled off a, a win as the NBA in 1968, which was very appropriate. Um, good. Yeah, it, that was a lot of fun. Um, we played some smaller stuff, but I mean, in general, even just going and hanging out, there's always some game to sit down and play. Um, in the evening, there's lots of guys sitting around, uh, really interesting stories. Um, I'm sure Dave will talk about Bill. You know, he hung out with us one night. Um, just the, the people there and the stories and the different interests are really what, what are going to keep me coming back. Yes, some of them. Yeah. Some of them. The people I experience keep me coming back. I don't, I tend to not get myself in those bad situations. So you have at it, Dave. Okay, well, let's take a drink break because I get to like double load. Okay. <laughs> I got a double barrel drink shotgun that I have to load. Alright, sounds good. Alright. Okay. Let me go more ice for my room. Back. I'm here. Apparently, Dave had to uh, distill his gin. <laughs> he's, he's picking the juniper berries right now, <laughs> crushing them. So are you from Arizona, Jason? Um, I was born in Idaho. Oh, okay. Which is the upper left-hand corner of the country. I, I yeah. Well, I lived in British Columbia, so I've been through Idaho. Okay. And, I know Washington State really well. Spent a lot of time there. So that was my crack about Yakima a few weeks ago. Because yeah, yeah. we used to do our live fire exercises down in Yakima. Hmm. It's like the it, it it was a better range than than going and it was closer than going to Alberta, which is like our big open kind of range. So Yeah. Yeah, at, at Fort Lewis that's where they'd always do all their exercises. Yeah. Yeah, so I was born there, grew up in Central California, really, and then went to high school out here. My ex decided we needed to move back here when I got out of the military. (laughs) I think Arizona's great. Yeah, I've been once. Great state. I liked it. That might might be a retirement location for me. Yeah. You and half of Western Canada. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of old people here. Yeah. <laughs> well, for us, for us in Southern California, the weather's great. It's just the the politics are ridiculous. So. Yeah. You end up in Palm Springs. So that's a nice area to retire. Still in the state. Still in the state. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my, too- my area is super Republican for California, but it's still in California. So. Yeah, just drive another two hours, and you're you're across into Arizona. So. Right. Okay, so we ready to go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've been we're, recording. We're, we're still recording, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm talking, we're recording. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're talking about my experience at Concept World now? Yeah, so you fill in the details. Okay, so, uh, you know, it was cool we went. I, I, I drove, I left at like 3 in the morning because uh, I was I was doing La Batale de, Masca- de la Mascawa. Okay, so... So I'm going to interrupt now because yes. I've been yelling at my radio mm. every time you guys. It's La Bataille. La Don't Bataille? pronounce the L. Don't pronounce the L. Why? Yeah, la. Why are they there? They are they are there to make a to make your life crazy. But I know it's it's like in Spanish. You don't pronounce the double L. 
well, you then, do. That's, it's a Wi-Fi. That's like, that's like with like, Rick. When Rick speaks French, he grew up in Switzerland. So when uh-huh. I say, I said, well, it's got this plus grand disorder. He's like, plus grand disorder. <laughs> you mean like, like plus grand disorder, like that? <laughs> exactly. So just just don't pronounce the L's and, and you won't drive people crazy anymore. I just say routed. I don't say <laughs> Excellent. plus grand disorder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry to interrupt, but I, I right, had so to that's, that that's that's totally right. Labatai. Uh, Labatai. There you go, perfect, Jason. Labatai de la Mascawa. Just get a beret, smoke a cigarette, and you're French. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, don't wash. <laughs> oh, too far. <laughs> so too soon, too soon, <laughs> too soon. So uh, basically, we were running, we were running this uh, this game at Constant World that was going to last like five days. And uh, I'd emailed with all the guys, and so I was going to kind of provide my copy. So I felt bad because I wasn't actually going to get out there until Monday. So I left at 3 in the morning so I could be there at like 9 in the morning and set up the game so the guys could start kind of setting up and maybe we could get some turns done on Monday. And uh, so I drove through the morning, and I listened to a bunch of different podcasts. I had my little – and that's when I kind of – you know, it's funny because even though I'm on a podcast, I don't think I've ever listened to many podcasts. And uh, so I downloaded a bunch of them, and I listened to them. And let me just ask briefly, I, I, I always like the Messy Game Room podcast, but Jeff, what other podcasts do you listen to? Uh, I've listened to Messy Game Room. Right. I've listened to... Uh, Guns, Dice, and Butter. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, now one that's not recorded anymore, but I, I did like it. It was before I found this one was, uh, was it Point to Point, I think it was called? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I like that one quite a bit. Um, I think that's it. I think I listened to half an episode of was it Dice Tower or, I can't remember oh. something. Jason, what sure. what wargaming podcast do you listen to? Um, if it exists, I listen to it pretty much. So I listen to Guns, Dice, and Butter. I listen to um, I've Been Diced. I listen to oh, yeah. um, Three Moves Ahead, which they rarely speak about board war games, but they just they actually did a whole tear of World War or sorry <clears throat> Vietnam War interviews with designers and stuff. Um, so I listen to about one in six of their podcasts because they're they they actually talk about computer war games, which I don't really have an interest in. Um, are there other ones? Um, one player podcast. He talks about war games. Yeah, I, I, I listen to his. Um, and then the guy who which, does which one was that? Which it's one was that? just called One Player Podcast. Yeah, it's all solitaire stuff. Yeah, you wouldn't like it, Dave. Um, and then. War, War Games to Go, which only has two or three episodes, but I, I, I listen to that. So, yeah, if if it's out there, I'll listen to it. And then um, the Hexes and Soldiers, if I'm listening, or if I'm going to do like a YouTube thing at night, I'll, I'll throw that on sometimes. Yeah, it's and I think the, he listens, Jason. The, the general experience of driving through the desert and listening to podcasts, uh, let me see that quite... The, the issues that I thought well, you might have with quality or, or sound <laughs> issues, <laughs> we have nothing to worry about. It's a, it's a wide open frontier. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're and, doing fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I've never had an issue with the quality listening to you guys. But but or just like some of the shows, it was just like I couldn't listen for more than five minutes of a guy bloviating on about how. Oh, the intro into this big discussion we're going to have. And I'm like, dude, it's been like 30 minutes and yeah. you haven't even gotten to the people. And it sounds like an NPR episode. Yeah. So, or, <laughs> or there's a, uh, there's a podcast where, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't want to, I don't want to be negative about people, but basically I like the messy game room. I enjoyed those. I enjoyed, uh, I actually liked the, the board game show with uh, See, Scott yeah. Bogan. Yeah. I can't listen to that one. It's okay because even though he's kind of rehearsed, it sounds like he's reading off he's a script. Reading, yeah, he's, yeah he, he's reading off a script. It's not if if you're going to go for improv shows, there's only two. There's us and there's MGR. Yeah, nobody else does it. Nobody else. No one records. else doesn't prepare like we do. Nobody yes. else records and puts it up the way we do. But uh yeah, Scott kind of records. But I did like that he hates Will Wheaton, who is somebody <laughs> else. And, uh, I also like that he had Kev Sharp on, and I like that he yeah, does that a cocktail cool. hour that's kind of cool. So uh, I would say that the board game show compared to the competition was one that I was willing to listen to. Yeah, I think and if he uh, loosened up a little bit, I, I could listen. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because when he gets on with the, the cocktail guys, it's very good. Yeah, because they're shit-faced. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, when he gets on with the, uh, the script, it, it seems kind of... Yeah. I don't and like, like the buffers between segments, I don't, I, I don't need it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't, I'm not into the whole announcer, like, this is the interview, interview! What's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like Dunn's Geis and, uh, Dunn's, <laughs> Dunn's Geis and Butter. Oh, beer almost came out of my nose. No, right. Buns. Oh, Jesus. Buns, <laughs> yeah. Geis, Buns, Geis, Geis and Butter. It's a show that I cannot fucking listen to. But they, that's all like, I'm waiting for the sound effects to come on there. I mean, it's not bad, but there's a lot of like very formalized intro and segues and, and Rihanna uh, in between things. I was actually going to avoid saying anything about it, but I do not like the show. So no, I, you've you've made that clear before. Yeah, I don't think I ever have. I don't think I, because the bottom line for me is if it's free and the guys are doing it and they're not charging money for it. I, but I'm, it's not free. He did a Kickstarter for his fucking podcast. Yeah, but he, but he didn't get any money for it. He got like $17 or something like that. That's only 16 more than Eugene Cook. Right, it's $15 <laughs> more than it was worth. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an NPR kind of thing where the, he does a big intro and yeah. it's very produced. And, and that one of the Heck problems, one. if you're going to get a designer in, to talk about something. The problem is a lot of times the designers are boring. So nobody wants to fucking listen to them talk. That's actually why I listen because I like hearing Mark Herman talk. I like hearing Nick Carp talk. Even if it's not entertaining, it might be informative. And mm, I work yeah. 50 hours a week and I have an hour commute each way. That's so true. I have a lot of time in my week to listen to stuff. So between staring at cactus or listening, <laughs> there's not much to listen. <laughs> That hurts. Yeah, for me, no. So I listened to a bunch of podcasts, and I was kind of like, "Wow, we we I think we're actually placed very well in the community." Well, what are your stats recently? I know one time you guys mentioned how many downloads you you were getting in a month of you. I don't know. I, I, I haven't don't checked in a long time. It's somewhere think. around twelve hundred, I think. That's pr- I think that's great. That's a I, lot. I, well, I I would say I think what Jason, what are we at for a year? Like thirty-seven thousand. I I I don't know. I think we're I think for. For the year mark, we're at thirty-seven thousand. I'll check right now. For hits, so uh, that's excellent. This is very self-indulgent. 
Well, and it, and it's also like, it, but Jeff, thanks for leading into this because, oh my God, we would love to talk about how popular we are right now. We are the greatest. Uh, Jeff, I can't imagine why we chose you as a host on our year anniversary. Let's see. Oh, this is, this is entertaining. This is radio at its finest. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, but I honestly think though, uh, uh, You're painting Deanna, a picture with our words. It's it, it's funny because we actually want less. Twenty four thousand. But, but it's, that's off Podbean, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we but we get more hits than that. I think our hits are like thirty seven grand. Yeah, but that's that's down. That, that's how many downloads we have. Right. Twenty twenty five thousand. That's well, pretty good. What are the hits? I don't know. Well, I'm so not clearly, I'm not talking to a professional. Nope. <laughs> We've been over this. <laughs> so, so we've had 37,000 hits. We have 24,000 downloads. We have a bunch of iTunes hits. We don't know what, what those mean either. Oh, we're at like uh, 2,500. And 182 members of the guild, which is key. Right. That's, that's your most, key number right that's there. That's important thing. So. Yeah, about 3,000 an episode. That's not bad. That's, good. that's excellent. Well, that's great. Well, basically, I encourage We're the best. Not, that's what we're saying. Stop listening. Do not listen. We don't want to become any larger. Do not we listen. We want that number to go down to 1,500. We're yeah. done. It's funny because at Constant World, a couple people were, well, maybe Dave can tell the. Oh, the I'm going to tell the story. Did you get any feedback? Like people oh, yeah. knew the podcast? Well, well, Jake, somebody was Jake, asking about Wargame no. podcast, and I I don't mention it. I don't, like, mm-hmm. he was an older Jake, guy. Jake, he was all orange. Hollywood on some guy. <laughs> but this is a different guy. He was asking, he, he was raving about how great Guns, Dice, and Butter was. He's like, do you know any other. Any other podcasts? I'm like, no, I, I don't. I, yeah, don't sell it. I wish I did. I wish I could help you out, but no, I don't know any. Right, we don't. You, if you're in advanced after combat, you don't talk about advanced after That's combat. That's right. That's right. There is no advanced after combat. But but Jason did have a guy <laughs> while he was talking to somebody else at the constant world come up to him and be like, hey, he's, he's wearing a t-shirt. He's like, you, are you one of the advanced after combat guys? And Jason's like, yeah, give me a second. And I he's was, like, I was talk. selling a game to someone. Hollywood at this guy. And just you <laughs> talk to him. The blew him off. And the guy ran off. He probably left the whole convention. He was intimidated. Gone to his head, Jason. Yeah, I know. Celebrity. So if a kid comes up and asks for an autograph, you're going to turn him down? Yeah. Is that what you've gotten to now? Yeah, I'm going to muss his hair and kick him in the ass. Wow. <laughs> of all the people, Jason. Must have been. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> this has been this, so. So that's the self-indulgence section. Yeah, excellent. Wow. That was. But yes, yeah, so I, I, I drove out there. I listened to a bunch of podcasts. I thought a bunch of them sucked. Uh, uh, I would recommend Messy Game Room. I thought the board. I thought the board game show was okay. Uh, I liked it for for certain parts. Uh, but a lot of them are way too rehearsed, and that's not what we do. So it's hard for me to listen to. So. Us and MGR. Yeah, that's it. Messy Game Room and us. So if you if you haven't heard Messy Game Room, go listen to it. It's great. So they have a new episode up. Yep. So go listen. After a year. Uh, and and Marshall's our boy, so we love him. Yep. And Mike. Mike's good. Never Mike, met him, but Mike's Marshall, my homie. But Marshall's obviously our boy. So excellent. So you get there eventually. Okay, so yeah, so eventually, after yeah. all the adventures through podcasting, uh, yeah. I arrive in in Tempe at nine a.m. I left at three a.m. out of the back. Five out already. It was it was pretty warm, and uh, 
I played that day until I played games probably until about one in the morning. So I'd been up for almost 24 hours. So very long day. Uh, I had the Moscow game. We set up the Moscow game. We set it up and we were going to play. There were four of us. There's myself and Rick. And there was Rob and a guy that we will name Roger. Mm-hmm. Now, how did sorry? How did Roger get in on the game? Was it a sign up? Yeah, that's the problem. So you do sign ups, so you can never be sure. And I would say after this experience that I will never again do a sign up. Yeah, because I know that there was another Muscawa game going on, but it was a closed game, I believe. And, and I know those guys; they're good yeah. guys. They're good guys. Closed game, closed game. Couldn't get in that game. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, because they all know each other. They're, I mean, they all know each other from Chicago or wherever. They're older guys. So. Bill should have vouched for you. Yeah, Bill should have probably vouched for me, but especially since when I get there, they're running over and asking me rules questions. Mm-hmm. Like, really, you know, really? Oh, yeah. Geez. But uh, so they, they had, had the their up map and everything too. Oh, they had a nice game. Yeah. Though the super clipped counters, which is too much. They had like their counters are so clipped they're almost round. Yeah, you had some... Jason, I think you posted some pictures, didn't you? I think it was Rick. Oh, Rick did. Yeah, they were kind of fugly. Actually, they were very fugly. I had Rick on my side. I had Rob from from Colorado, who's cool. And then Mm -hmm. I had Roger. And Mm -hmm. Roger, not his name. But if I know you, and I see you out there in podcast world, and you're ever teamed up on this with this guy with the game... And I know his real name. I'll feel free to email you and say, "Hey, yeah. do not play it's game a, with this guy." Yeah, <laughs> he's horrible. He's the worst. Although I don't, I don't think he's going to come back. That was his first Consum World. I don't, I can't see him coming back. Really? I well, it didn't I, sound like he had a good time. No, he he seems kind of like an immovable immovable object though. Kind yeah. of just sits there. Yeah. So generally, in in the beginning of the game, so we're playing, and we they they kind of had an extra day to get set up, so they kind of practiced the rules. So uh, we set up, we played a couple turns, everything seemed fine, and uh, Rick and I were playing the French, and Rob and Roger were playing the Russians, mm-hmm. and the Russians didn't have a whole lot to do, so we're kind of maneuvering, and uh, by the second day, uh, it started to get a little testy. Maybe because, uh, well, Roger started making some bad moves and Rick started getting aggressive where I would, and I sent, Rick was over on the left wing at Borodino, so I sent him a ton of cavalry corps and Murat, and so Rick's trying to deal with all these traffic jams, and, uh, so Rick was starting to put some pressure on Roger, and then by the third day, uh, Roger had like, basically like a complete meltdown where, Every single rule that would come up, he would argue about for like 30 minutes. No matter like how clear the rule was in the book. I mean, like one of the rules is you cannot shoot over your own troops. And the, and the rule pretty much says like, no matter uh, what, right? Yeah. Uh, under, under no circumstances can you shoot under your, over your own troops, even if you have a line of sight. And so he's like, well, that's not clear to me. That's <laughs> <laughs> as clear as it gets. Yeah. So, at some point, Rick did a cavalry charge against Roger, and because uh, he had a really good position on Roger, and uh, Roger started like arguing about the the various pursuit rules and the follow ups, and so I said, "Okay, time out." Rick was getting pissed, so I said, "Let's go, let's go get a beer." So we went, we we took a break. Rick and I, I, I don't know, Jason, were you that you were there, right? I was there. Yeah. 
So we all went off and got a beer over at Fuzzy's. We came back and uh, got back in the game and moved on. And like immediately, like the guy started arguing with Rick again. And at some point, Rick just fucking lost his shit right there in the middle of the banquet hall <laughs> and like basically screamed like, and I'm not saying like he like was angry and said, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm mm-hmm. saying he screamed at the top of his lungs at the guy. Oh. That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. And just, and I'm like staring. I have the rules. I'm just staring at the, my rule sheets. It's like last time. That's a and Rob is trying to be like a mediator between Roger and Rick. Rick's gone. Mm-hmm. And so then all the guys from the other Moscow table come running over like, oh, what happened? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I think they had a problem about the pursuit rules. <laughs> <laughs> so Rick had posted on the uh, on the forum right after that. And it sounded that he was very low-key about it. So well, Rick's a pretty level-headed guy. Well, so it must have been quite a bit to set that off. Yeah. 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 To get Rick, to get Rick upset is Rick is one of these guys who's like, yeah, if I play a guy and he's a, like a dick, I'll still play the rest of the game as long as he knows the rules, but I'll just in my book write him off as a dick. So I'm not going to play that guy. So that's kind of, this guy was unbearable. Like, Every single, like, oh, your guy can move four? Well, let me go look it up in the rules. Yeah. Or you can move through the hex. It was just, everything was yeah. a look up and it was so, too yeah. much. I mean, basically, if you don't know the rules, don't hold up play. Like, that's your own fault for not knowing the rules. Yeah, and we're like, hey, let's just get it moving. Like, yeah. Come yeah. On. Like, 9.40, like, still early in the scowl. Let's get it going. Let's get yeah. the action going. So, so I, w- I went out. So Rob turns to me and he's like, hey, are you? Where's Rick? I said, all right, let me go see him. So Rick's, I got there. He's like, hey, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, I can't handle that guy. So the next day, we, so we came back in. We're like, we're done for the day. Yeah. Game is done. So the next day, Rick and I had already talked, and we're like, hey, if that guy's going to show up, we're not playing. I'll, I mean, I was like, hey, I'll leave it up for them if they want to play, but uh, I'm not going to play the game. So, yeah. and, and the other, it was too bad because the ru- other Russian player, Rob, was a great guy. Yeah. So, uh. Is he a guildy now? No, no. Rob. He's going to join the guild. <laughs> he's, not, he's a nice guy. He's let not our say, demo. Let me say he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. We're an inclusive guild. Come on. So basically, the next day we show up and, uh, Roger is sick. Mm. He became ill. So I immediately think that Jason must have poisoned him. Poisoned him. I don't know where I get this, this reputation. Right. So I assume Jason poisoned him, but so yeah. the guy is sick or whatever. He's not going to play, whatever. So I'm like, fine. So we had a great day playing, great yeah. action. Rob basically plays both sides of the Russians against Rick yeah. and wonderful game. And then the 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 final day, I'm sitting at the breakfast, and uh, this guy Roger walks in to the breakfast at the hotel. He's carrying all, all his charts and shirts. And... So I'm like, fuck, he's going to fucking try to play because I'm like, we are not playing. Yeah. I'm like. Not playing the guy. I'm just gonna yeah. tell him. So uh I saw him at the breakfast and then he doesn't show up at the table. We're kinda waiting at the table and uh uh Rob, the other Russian player, is like, Well what are you gonna do? So I said, Should I talk to him here or should I talk to him out there? I said, Because basically we're not playing him. I said, If I understand you guys came all the way out here to play this game, it's my game set up. So I said, 
I'm happy to keep it set up for you. And if you guys want to play and, but basically Rob's like, I don't want to play him either. <laughs> he's like, he's like on the same side from, but he didn't want to play this guy. So, uh, so I go, I, so Rob walks around and he goes, Oh, he's sitting out there. He's all splayed out in the, uh, in the, the, like courtyard. So I go out there and the guy's out there all laying on the a bench, rubbing his tummy. He's like, uh, uh. so I walk up to him like, Hey, what's up? You gonna play? You look like you feel sick. He's like, Oh yeah, my stomach's still kind of bothering me. I said, Oh, well, I don't think you should play then because, you know, you don't want to get sick while you're playing. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. he's like, maybe that's a good idea. I said, okay, cool. You're not playing. <laughs> right, dude. <laughs> I'm like, he's done. We're, just, and we're all high fiving. So when Rick, and it's funny because when Rob told me, he goes, Oh, I get some bad news. Uh, Roger's really sick. I said, that's not bad news. It's <laughs> the best news I've heard all day. <laughs> you know. So. What I would say is, as a warning for that game, is do not set up a game with guys you don't know. Because you, you, I mean, one guy can like wreck the whole game, yeah. and that—that's what happened with this guy. It was just you're stuck with him for a week. I mean, uh, like really? lost, right? It's not like you're playing, okay, you know, a game of combat commander is going to last an hour and a half. But he actually came out that day and started and sat down and watched. With his rules, like, and he was watching the other game, right? Yeah, he sat like Job of the Hut and watched some other games. So I was like, okay, well, did did was he really sick, or did Rick and I actually drive him away from the game? <laughs> like, maybe he just didn't want to play with us anymore. Because at some point, I was screaming at him, like he he would keep asking to say, he's like, well, is that how it works? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, is that how it works? So I. Screamed at top volume because he's kind of deaf. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And everyone uh, banquet hall is like, "What the fuck?" But, but it, the guy like can't hear uh, you. Yeah, so it's brutal. I, I I sat and watched on Wednesday. About five minutes, he was arguing over one hex where he could retreat his guys. Well, where I want to go here. Well, can I go oh. here? No, this is the spacing. Well, let's look it up. Just digging into the rules, it doesn't tactically. It doesn't matter. Just put your guys down and move on. Just yeah. Like, the guy was a load. Yeah, I mean, terrible. Yeah, we got like three thousand counters. Right, exactly. Game. These One three guys just put them on a fucking hex Brutal. and move on. It was almost like a guy who'd never played a game with real people before. You know, it's just and, like, and maybe he hadn't. That's the thing. Yeah, that's brutal. Brutal. Terrible. terrible. So, so uh, know your guys. Know the guys you're going to play with. That's that's the warning for that. So, but it's not it's not an assessment of Rick. Rick was very. I I played Rob, so I didn't have to deal with this guy. Rick had to deal with this guy the whole time, so that's kind of the way Rick uh, developed. So. Oh no no I I would have done the same. I'm sure. Either. So so that was that <laughs> our our big experience during the day was that game. Uh, we didn't really have an AAC social because uh there, we didn't have any guys there, it's like but four of I, us, right? But I do go get a burrito and a beer every single lunch. So mm-hmm. I guess that was the AAC social. Me going to Fuzzies every time to get my shrimp burrito. <laughs> uh, Rick was there. Uh, Rick has a, a, uh, plastic bottle, uh, that he fits his dip spit into. <laughs> oh, nice. So the way to measure how long Rick has been playing a game during the day is how high the volume of brown dip spit has oh, gotten nice. in that clear plastic bottle. And uh 
it, it's remarkable because it it absolutely is. You can tell how long it's you've like been one doing. For one. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> but it's always got the top on it. But it's also always on the table <laughs> sitting next to. So that was funny. I thought Rick's cool. a good guy. Yeah, Rick's oh, a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Jason mentioned, we had a beer with Callendale. Uh, basically, Jason and I were walking out, and Callendale's doing some bullshit with his pipe that people with pipes do. And uh, we're like, hey, let's go get a beer. And he's like, wow, fuck it, let's go. So we all went. And uh, we went off and got a beer, and then he told us some story about a guy who got stabbed at some game. <laughs> <laughs> a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a game, and some guy stabbed some other guy accidentally. It's a butterfly so. knife. But Jason, you've played him before, haven't you, face-to-face? Yeah, yeah, he's a local guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's a what, great what, guy. Real sweetheart. Seems like a nice guy. Seems genuine. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, just... Um, Jason, is there anyone more genuine than Enrico? No, for sure. I mean, yeah. like... I mean, you could be, like, a complete newbie, BGG guy, and he's out there smoking his pipe in the corridor and walk up and say, hey, I wanted to talk to you about your... Uh, Review of uh, for the people or whatever. Yep. He's like, yeah, he's, sure. He's there. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. he's like cripplingly shy. So I think if you're not talking to him, he kind of comes across comes across very brash. Yeah. But once you actually get him to engage with you, he's he's the best. Um, we've we're, hung out a couple we're times. Super aggressive. So we just bulldoze through. <laughs> yeah. So we got through the. You guys are aggressive in a pleasant kind of way, though. No, we're just like, hey, fuck, dude, come with us. He's like, all right, all right, I'm good. Yeah. Great guy. Wonderful. Has great stories. So what, what, uh, what other gaming do you do, Dave? Let's see. Let me look at my magnificent notes. Uh, we we tried to play something the first night, right? Wednesday. Did you guys, like, you and Jason play anything? Oh yeah, we tried to set up Kingdom of Heaven. (laughs) But I was like, exhausted. So like, not, was it eight? Like, oh yeah, let's let's set up Kingdom of Heaven. Well, by ten, I said, well, I I should probably go because I need to oh, wake Jason, up. Oh, Jason, that's such bullshit. You had to leave every night, so like, yeah, I didn't stay at the hotel. Jason, Jason was leaving at like nine thirty, yeah. so there was no way to play a game with him. I live forty five minutes from the venue, so I just went home every night. Yeah. So Kick, we start setting up. <laughs> we start setting up Kingdom of Heaven. Do <laughs> Kickstarter, Jason can start staying over at the convention. There you go. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, so, uh, that's uh, a stretch goal. I, I set up Kingdom of Heaven for Jason. I ended up playing it with Ty. I, I bailed. But I finished it with Ty, so that worked out. That's good. Yeah, we didn't talk about Ty. Uh, he, he went to one of those early launches. He's a, he's a cool guy. Ty Snowfer? Yeah. Snowfer? Sure. Sniffer? Snowfer. Snowfer? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else <laughs> I do. I, we had beer with Calendale, I did fuzzies. I talked to Jeff Grossman for a while. Jeff Grossman is the designer of Cuba Libre. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Love him. Oh, nice. really? Yeah. You didn't oh, know he was like that? Game? Yep. I'm actually drinking Cuban rum right now in honor no, of that. I think he Cuban might be a communist. No, he designed Cuba Libre. Oh. I heard him talking last year. and Yeah, he designed it like a year or something. Some crazy time. Yeah, I think he's a communist. They said he's a big fan of Castro. So you think the game's unbalanced? Well, it is, but I mean, I think they all are. I think I think they all kind of lead toward the historical result. Well, I don't. But give I think a... he's a communist. Anyway, go ahead. Jeff's a nice guy. He, he is a nice he's guy. He's a K guy from my miniature wargaming past. 
So Jeff and I were tight friends the whole time. We we talked to each other. Is that how you pronounce that? PK. PK. Yeah. Yeah. That's another silent T. Is that is that correct, Jeff? PK. Pick it. You mean? P i q u e t. PK. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that the guy's name or? That's no, a game system. system. It's a miniature wargaming game system. Oh, I well, I would call it a picket because in English you you'd call out a picket when you're putting out like sentries or whatever, right? You could, you Canadians are so fucking uh, yeah. wishy-washy Make about the right. right, but so basically Jeff was cool because he yeah. he was a Piquet guy, was cool. so we talked a lot. But and I had no idea that he designed Cuba Libre, but I hadn't played it either. So and I, I won't mention how you described him the first time you told me about him. Oh really? Oh, don't mention it if it's I, if it's disparaging. I don't mention it. It wasn't disparaging. It was just funny, but I won't. Really? Because I don't even remember. Is it from like, like a year ago? Is that an anniversary description? No, it was, no, this, this year. Go, go ahead. Jeff? Yes. Alright, let's see, what else did I do? I played Thunder Alley. Uh, Mike. You didn't like it. Mike, uh. Berticelli. Berticelli. <laughs> uh, ran it for us. Yeah, I wasn't into it. I so liked I'm, it. I'm not into NASCAR. Do you, do you like, do you like NASCAR, Jason, though? No. Um, oh, okay. so, so I'll say this. I liked the game. All right. I probably won't buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, I had more fun than Dave did. Do you, do you want to buy it from me? Because I have it a pre-order. <laughs> Maybe we can That's work something out next year. Cause he had, uh, that Falklands game he could have traded to you. I already did. I traded that. Away. I know that. He was, he was <laughs> Dave doesn't want that, that game. to me. So, uh, I thought it was okay, but I'm just not at the NASCAR, so for me, Thunder Alley didn't really do it for me. So, I couldn't get a feel for when I was pulling, or like, pushing. I don't know, I'm just not. It's, it's kind of one of those things where, I understand if I have to, to attack a defended position, I know how to do that. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm like commander of a, uh, a starship, and I have to dodge around things, or if I'm, com- I'm, I'm running a crew of, uh, NASCAR cars, what I'm supposed to do strategy-wise, uh, th- those things aren't transparent to me. So Dave had a hard time understanding the cards. Oh, constantly. And I'm like, I haven't even started drinking. And like, I, was, I was asking Jason like every time, like, what can I do? What does this card, card do? <laughs> Plus, I had the worst cards. Dude, my cards were like, oh, so like, it's, it's card-driven it's or card card-assisted? Yeah. No, it's card-driven. Everything you is do it? is cards. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. It's an interesting system, and it feels like a NASCAR race. So if you like NASCAR, it, yeah. it feels right. Um, but man, if you don't play it right, you get you get a mud hole stopped in your and, ass. And by the way, I beat <laughs> I beat Jason in the race. Yes, I, I think I came in last. Yeah. But I, I left the game like meh. Yeah. Like give me my war game. I need to get my war game on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so, uh, so uh, the 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 big the big experience for me at the convention was not necessarily the gaming. It was uh, I got to meet Rick. I spent a lot of time with Rick. I think Rick and I spent way too much time together. In the <laughs> so we played La Bataille. Excellent. Together, really gold star next to your name for that. And at some point, like Rick will uh, chill out and be like. Rick was like an army officer, so he's like kind of like a veterano gamer. And so like, uh, uh, I walked down and I hid my Liberty Roads box and he's like, what are you doing with that box? I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking set it up and see if I can play some. 
I said, Jason, I'm going to play it tomorrow, maybe. So he's like, well, fuck, I'll play it with you. Let's go play some shit with that game. So I'm like, all right. So go to this table, and uh, I don't have anything punched out, and I'm punching the stuff out. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm just punching stuff out. He goes, I would never do that in a million years. He goes, you haven't scanned the counters? Oh, you my have, gosh. Like, printed out the... We have another marshal in our hands? He's like... <laughs> Like Rick is like, I would never bring a game unless I had done like these things. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean scan the counters? Why would you scan the counters? He's like, well, in case you lose one. I said, yeah, but I said, dude, you're scanning the counters, so I don't need the fucking scan. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're going said, BGG and they're all there anyway. I so. said, as long as one of us scans the fucking counters. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, you don't even know what you have in the box. And I'm like. So Rick was horrified by like how he prepared oh, the game weird. and set it up. So, uh, but but Rick and I spent a lot of time together. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Rapier Rick, wit. Rick likes giving me some shit. Yeah, and oh, he, he makes like the perfect comment to to cut right through the bullshit, right to your core every single time. Right. Hilarious. Yes. Very hurtful. <laughs> Obviously, I have a lot, there's a lot of personal issues he has to deal with, but, but I like Rick, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's joined in on a couple of our combat commander games. John and I is a series there, and he's been very helpful. He knows that game inside and out. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, he's like the combat commander guy, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And even Braxton was saying last night, Braxton knows the game fairly well, and he was playing Rick or whatever, and, and learned quite a bit from him too, so. And what I say is, no one puts little Ricky in a corner. Like, uh, we'll come to his defense anytime. So That's anybody right. has a problem with Ricky, right. they're going to come see us first. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he's happy so to hear that. If you can, if you see him, try to call him Ricky Galley. He he likes that. Yeah, he likes that. Yeah. Or, and he, the other thing he likes is he likes a bunch of emoticons. Rick really loves if you put like a ton of smiley faces and stuff in your robots. Clothes. Yeah, right. Like, put as many little faces and stuff as you can. But the big thing is Ricky. Let's get the Ricky, Ricky thing going. So I think he really likes that. Yeah. I just refreshed the guild page, and it looks like it's gone from 182 to 181. I don't know if that means anything. But... Oh, somebody just dropped. Lucas dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Might have been Rick. <laughs> I think that's good. I think, I think that's promising. Yeah. It'll be about 178 after this episode. So don't, but don't let that hurt your feelings, Jeff. Oh, no, it won't. Don't worry. I'm... All right, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I really loved Rick. We had a great time, and uh, we had a blast playing. We played a bunch of games, and Rick kind of just chills out, talks. He dips, so I liked him. So he's going to say he dips harder than me because yes. I did pouches, and he dips like Copenhagen, and I do skull, whatever. So I'm not going to get the whole thing. But dipping pouches isn't dipping. Come on. I know. It's like the old bandits, right? But it's yeah. cleaner, so I don't care. I don't worry about it. So uh, so that's it. We did the big Labatai game. Uh, there were a ton of big games there, but there's been tons of videos, so we don't need to get in all that. Yeah. I eat at Fuzzy's every, every single lunch. Every lunch, yeah. I had yeah. a shrimp burrito at Fuzzy's and a beer, at least one. It's great. Loved it. I had some PBR there. Has they, they have PBR. So all you, uh, hipsters, they serve PBR over at Fuzzy's. We <laughs> gave the uh, waitresses shit every single time every we were day. there. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, they still thought girls. Her. This one, this one girl's like, uh, we go to an appearance. She's like, oh, you guys are from that convention. She goes, oh yeah, my dad's kind of in military history. I said, yeah, your dad's a nerd. 
<laughs> she told me, have fun with your nerd games. <laughs> I was like, yeah, your dad's a total nerd. She's like, all right. <laughs> Whatever, she gave me my beer. So, that's what I'm... So, uh, let's see. Alright, I want, I want to talk a little bit about Will Wheaton. Really? <laughs> Can we talk about Will Wheaton? Okay. Has, has Will Wheaton gotten too big for his britches? I don't, I... Have you seen his TV show? No. Uh, the, the YouTube one? No. Oh. He actually has a TV show now. On, on like, Fi TV or one of these channels. Dude, it is unbearable. I, I, I cut the cable in January, so I... Nice. Yes. He's doing I have, like... I have a, an HD antenna, that's it. He's doing like a web soup type show. Oh my gosh. You know, we're now... I, I mean, I've seen the YouTube show that he's done. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about board games. Uh, tabletop. That's it. And he, and he gets like... I saw the one, like, he was playing some game with Steve Jackson. Right. Oh, yeah. But he gets paid... Oh, whatever. He gets paid for that show, but now he's doing a, uh, a show. I think it's on Sci-Fi TV. I, I liked I liked him better when he just had a blog and he would kind of blog about stuff and I, I followed it a little bit. I thought it was interesting that he'd been a, a science fiction uh, actor and then had kind of like gotten into stuff and still was interested in the kind of the industry and role playing or whatever games and uh, would post about stuff because he's local for me. Uh, but on the show, what a fucking douche this guy is! <laughs> Super douche, like smarmy. Yeah. Like, the guy's eyebrow is constantly higher than the other one. Like, he is, he's like that guy, like, like, the nerd who thinks he's smarter than everybody else. It's just hard to watch the guy. And it's all like kind of a clip show where they show, oh, but that guy wouldn't do that again, or whatever. They, they show the clip, and then they show another clip, and then another clip. Oh, brutal. So. I've never liked him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will say I liked him initially and when he had his blog. I used to read his mm-hmm. blog and uh, watching him on TV, unbearable. You want yeah. to punch the guy in the face. Too hard. Well, I to find him too smarmy. I, yeah. yeah smarmy. Uh, maybe he's a really nice person in, they, but in they, person. I have no idea. But the, it, First of all, it's not funny. The stuff he's saying is not funny. Yeah. And he's a douche. So it's like... So I don't want to need like lead like a uh, a nerd rebellion. And there goes one that. more from the guild. Okay. <laughs> or we just left the guild. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say it because and the other thing shut that, down uh, the website. And the reason it, it resonated with me a little bit is because Scott Bogan on uh, uh, the board game show had mentioned he hates Will Wheaton. So <laughs> he has like a bunch of episodes where he's like, "Hey, I'm not Will Wheaton, but you know, or whatever, but." But I, I think the same thing. After watching the TV show, I was just like ridiculous. So, so let's let's talk about some. Uh, God, this this episode seems like it lasted forever. Has this been a long episode? We're at, we're at an hour and forty three minutes. Yeah. So we're on like Canadian minutes. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is, this is in, in in metric. That's four hours. So. All right. <laughs> so uh, why don't I we? I love do metric some... jokes. Well, yes. Yeah. They never they never get old. Right, right below currency jokes. No one gets out of currency jokes either. So, uh, so let's do, uh, reviews mm-hmm. and games we've played. So I'm gonna go first. I don't have anything to talk about. Oh, that, I was gonna say, that's You haven't been playing anything, Jason? 
Um, I've been out of town, so it was Consum World, um, and then I was out of town, so I haven't had anything, anything to play. Like no hotel games or anything? Um, nothing new, no. Too bad. You, you didn't play any videos on your hotel? No. Film system? No. Did you have to argue with the front desk clerk? About, about <laughs> a particular video that you'd watched <laughs> in front of an African-American family? <laughs> Not this time. Not okay. this time. Just checking. Yep. So I bought, I bought a, some fountain pen stuff. But I thought I saw you had a writing credit on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true to life. Okay, well, I can talk about it real quick. So mm-hmm. I don't have anything really big to talk about, but uh, I was going to talk about Death Ride Kursk and do all this stuff, but I'm not going to talk about that. So uh, what I am going to talk about is Liberty Roads. Oh, mm. nice. Yeah, I'm interested in that one. So let me basically say this. This game, as I'm carrying it down from my hotel room to the uh, convention center at CSW, I have like 20 guys that are like, that's a great game. I mean, I'm holding it under my arm, and the guys are stopping me and saying, have you played that game? That's an awesome game. That Like, tons of people love the game. So I'm a kind of a contrarian, so I'm like, well, I'm not going to fucking like this game now, because <laughs> it's, it almost makes me, I almost don't want to like the game, so I'm going to get my PBR six-packs. That's and right. Like, ah, we hate this fucking game. But uh, I, I set it up. I played it with Jason. We played like maybe four or five turns of D-Day, but we were kind of running it all the way through, and it is a great it game. It is great. Yeah. So when, If you are interested in World War II and you do not own Liberty Roads, you are fucking missing out, and you need to run out and buy that motherfucker right away. I would go farther than that. I have almost zero interest in World War II. I fucking loved that game. Awesome. It's it has like all of the depth that the Grand Tactical series has, like with the intricate turn sequence and and what you can do. But it just plays so much smoother. Mm-hmm. Combat's easier. Sequence of play is easier. It is a great game. So basically, the way it works is uh, it starts generally at D Day, so. You gotta land in, in France. But there's different beaches, different beaches have different strengths. Some beaches are better defended than others, but those right. beaches. It's not are, scripted at all. You, you right. get to pick where you, you, you land where you want to land. But <laughs> some beaches you can't land as many troops mm-hmm. on. Some you can't, you don't have it's air hard. power there. So there's a bunch of choices you have to make when you're going to decide where to land. And then once you land, then it can flow through all the way through all the battles, all the way until you get up to the Rhine. And then they kind of have this cool thing where they have support markers where uh, uh, the Allies can get support markers to decide maybe if you're worried that the Germans might, on a certain beach, have an armored unit show up, you can choose the partisan unit, which mm-hmm. will then eliminate that armored unit. So there's a whole uh, mechanism for kind of figuring out how you want to set up your beach landing. So when Jason and I played, uh, the Americans had a pretty strong, strong landing on, uh, uh, the Cherbourg Peninsula, but the Brits had a hard time. 
And Jason like brought in all these like Panzer units, like SS units, and started hammering my Brits. And there was a moment where I thought, I don't know if the Brits are going to survive. Yeah, it was it, I, it was close. I, I thought he was going to actually eliminate the Brits. And so meanwhile, I'm trying to. And as the American, you don't get a lot of support until you start to uh, get open ports, so established ports. So as the American, I want to establish Cherbourg as my port. Is that a correct pronunciation? Uh, that... Sure, board, but yeah, right. pretty close. It's very close, good. Close enough. Close enough for uh, French French Canadian government work. So, exactly. uh, <laughs> so Cherbourg uh, is the port we're trying to capture. So, uh, and as the Americans capture more ports, they get more support. But the key is for the Germans, they get more support if Hitler likes them. So the way Hitler likes them is if they do attacks, a bunch of attacks with uh, panzer units. And if, so the Germans are motivated, though, maybe to try to turn ports into fortresses, but if they turn ports into fortresses, then Hitler gets angry, and the Hitler approval rating goes down, and then they get less support. Did that kind of feel how it was, Jason? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, Hitler starts to, if you, if you, as a German player, try to be too defensive, Hitler gets angry and your, your approval rating goes down. He wants you to keep pushing. Right. But then if your push isn't successful, the rating goes down still. Right. So, because Hitler's a fucking idiot, so. (laughs) But it kind of felt like it was a D-Day landing. So I, I just said, well shit, I'm gonna take the traditional D-Day beaches because they're pretty good beaches. But it was still kind of a nail biter. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it or I don't know if I'm gonna, Jason almost stomped out the Brits. I mean, I was at a point where I was literally going to do an airborne landing on the beachhead, just <laughs> a unit right against yep. the beachhead, because yep. I didn't think my unit. But then my American tanks managed to fight their way over there. So, and it's cool because Rick was saying while we were getting set up, like attack here, attack here, and some of the guys from Bill's group who they've played it a lot, right? They came over and they're watching us and they're kind of coaching us along. They're like, oh, we've seen guys do that and they don't make it through, you know, turn two or turn three. It doesn't, it it just doesn't work, which, I mean... Right, so, because the way it works is you can pick certain color beaches. Certain beaches are difficult, like red beaches. Uh, Or you could pick, it ranges, I think, all the way down to white. And white beaches have, like, almost no defenders. But if you attack a red beach, they have a ton of chips they pull... So they'll have like super strength, and even if you get on the beach, then you're like, they, it's easy for them to kind of pin you down Take and surround down. you. Yeah. So, but and that that adds kind of one of the points of uh, what's funny about when the first time you're playing a game, when there's guys that really want to help you, <laughs> you're kind of like, uh, they're like, hey, hey, so we have all these guys around us. They're like, no, you need to do this. I'm like, and at some point you're like, hey, fuck off. <laughs> like. Let us play the fucking game, like you know. And these guys were great; they're wonderful. Uh, I'll see them next year. We love these guys, but you know they're enthusiastic. They're like, "This is the best game. Let's play this game." And they pointed out like eight things we did wrong, yeah. and that's. But we're still like, in the end, like, get the fuck out of here! Like you're like, we just want to play the game. You never want to play a game with like a bunch of guys watching you play the game. Yeah, um, too much pressure. What, what like, you playing a game and a guy see in this game? Like, is it like forty pages of rules or ten pages? No, of rules no it's like twelve. Low oh, rules. Okay. And and what about counter? Like, is, there, is it a monster? Division. Divisions. 
It's a okay. single map. Um, yeah, division. No, it's, it's two. It's two maps. Two maps. Is it? Yep, two maps. Oh. It's, it's it's small though. Yeah, it's it? not big, okay. and it's uh, division counters. I'm telling you, if you're at, at all into World War Two, yeah. buy the. And if anyone like, has one they don't want and want to sell it, shoot me, shoot me an email. And I've there's been, rules like, for it. so you, you're dropping the airborne down, so you've got uh, air transport capacity. So you roll dice for your air transport capacity, and then, like, uh, that decides how soon you're going to be able to do another airborne drop. So you might re-roll it and be fine, and then get to drop your fourth airborne division on the second day or whatever. But it, you might have to wait three, four, five turns or... There's just a ton of great things in the game. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. So, so in the tradition of Lucas, I'll say I'm not going to get too much into the game mechanics. I'm just going to say buy the fucking, fucking game. game. Yeah. If you can game. find it. And and there's rules like if you've got certain units have little medals on them that say they're elite. So mm-hmm. if if you're an elite unit and you say I'm going to use my elite advantage. Then in the tactical results table, you can actually move up and down and, and choose different results. There's just a bunch of great shit in the game. It's great. Restrictions on the Germans for how they defend against an invasion. The whole aspect of where Hitler wouldn't let Rommel move the armored reserves wherever he wanted. So it's great. So, so based on the Lucas rule, I would say fun factor. The game's a 10. Mm. It's a 10. It's a must buy. How many beers? Geez, three or four, maybe two. I or wouldn't like, say it's, many, that. it's not that complex. Can you drink? Play it? Geez, ten? Ten. Okay, ten. So it's, it's, it's Once you know because, the rules. Because say. the combat system is based... The most complicated thing is D-Day. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to figure out all the rules for D-Day invasion. But yeah. uh, but really, it, it comes down to the, the combat system is it, uh, each unit's rated for attack, defense, and, and movement. That's it. Yeah. And then based on terrain, if you're attacking into Bocage, uh, the defender, if they're infantry, they're doubled. The uh, attacker, if they're armored or halved. I mean, we all know these systems. This isn't, this isn't like any kind of uh, complicated development, but it's yeah. the overall aspect and how it works with support. And the allies have a uh, Pluto con- uh, counter they drop, which is their su- supply priority. So once Pluto's placed, then that affects where their support markers can be. So where Pluto goes is a very big deal for the Allied Drive. But that really, really captures the real problem with the invasion of France, which was where does the supply go? Right? Because yeah. if Patton had gotten all the supply, Patton would have probably been in Berlin by 1945. So, so must buy. I would say must buy. I agree. Do we still in print? Or, no. no, it's out of stock oh. everywhere. Is it? Okay. Well, I I bought it. Where, I bought it from War Game Depot. Um, Who publishes it? GMT. Hex, no, it's Hexasim. But it's GMT Hexasim sells it. GMT. Yeah. Oh, okay, so maybe there'll be a reprint in the in the the future. They seem to be doing that a lot of that lately. But I would say pay money for it. Yeah. 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 So it's worth you it. can get it by. Okay. It. okay. The game rocks. I mean, I'm literally saying, like, when I walked from my hotel room to to the gaming room, which is maybe 
eighth of a mile because God knows any further than that I would have been wheezing and probably dragging myself along by my fingernails. Uh, I had like a dozen guys tell me, Liberty Road's great fucking game. So of course with me I'm like, fuck that. Fuck this game. Fuck that. Whatever. Like I like East Front or I'll play this game or I like OCS. But man, I played, I opened it up and I'm like, game's fucking awesome. So, so Rick and I played Cobra the, uh, first night. I brought it out when he was pissing at me about how I have all counters knocked out of the chit, chit sheets. Cobra is kind of a, a walkover. It's, it's not a great game. It kind of gives you some practice, but the allies absolutely win Cobra. But then Jason and I played starting D-Day, like, Basically, the campaign game, which is a fuck it, we'll just play. Of course, Jason, I believe it, like, like some ridiculous early time, so we didn't get to finish that game. What time did you leave that day, Jason? Is Jason getting a drink right now? Is Jason no longer available? He might have fallen asleep. It is 10 o'clock, so, you know, (laughs) it's that time. (laughs) <laughs> uh. well so uh yeah so Jason left early most of the nights didn't hang in there till the end as has apparently tonight right so that was a problem so we we were seeing we were seeing a consistency a certain consistency well yeah he's, if anything he is consistent that's good so uh the, the one thing I will say Jeff though is I did play a decision else with John yes you did what a great opponent John is. He's a, John is a good man. Great guy. I've, I've known John now for, uh, I met him at this metal convention, uh, he, in Houston in 2007. He, he's the best. Yeah. Uh, we played and we would get into issues where we're like, do you care? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. So we're like, yeah. let's move, move on. So. I mean, that, but, and, and, and this is like going back to your point with Roger. And for those of you listening who don't know the, Roger reference. Uh, it goes back to Combat Commander. So John, uh, yeah, John and I are playing. We're trying to play every scenario in chronological order. It was like what 140 scenarios, whatever. And we're we're ten in right now. Right. So we're in early 1940. But anyway, and, we get and on the Jeff, list. Jeff, real quick, what's your record yeah. so far? Uh, I I am um, I'm not doing so well. Uh, <laughs> we, we we put the loss nine, nine losses against nine. one win. No, nine so so in America we say one and nine. One and nine. In America, do you, do you say that differently in Canada? No, no, I, one and nine uh, is you're just a one out of ten. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. you so anyway, so anyway, changing the subject away from my failures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we're we're on Vassal, and uh, this guy uh, who, who just goes by Roger uh, joins our room, the AAC room. And, uh, so John very kindly, uh, asked him if, if he'd like to be Skyped in and he said, sure. And he was sort of, he gets on, he, he says a couple of words to us like, hi, hello. And then he, he can't see our game. We're like, well, you have to, I, we were playing, uh, Fall of the West or something like that. One of the extensions. And, oh, you need to get, you know, do this and this. He's, oh, okay, okay. He gets off. And he, he kind of loads it. I, I guess he loaded the game then. He starts moving pieces around. Like, but he's not on Skype anymore, so I don't know what the fuck he's doing. And uh, then eventually he laughed, which was which was good. So it was kind of weird. And then every time we logged on to Vassal again, he was there in the room. So eventually I just started locking the fucking room. Yeah. 
you know, and, and inviting, like, like guys from AAC would come in, right? And I mean, sometimes we have you know, five or six people in there and I just invite them in one by one because it was crazy. And apparently Braxton had a, there's a combat commander resistance uh, tournament going on on BGG. And so Braxton is playing in that and he had a tournament game against, oh, I think it was against Rick actually. It was, it was a tournament game, but it was against someone from the, uh, from the guild. I think it might have been Rick. And he was saying that, yeah, Roger was in there and started moving counters again. Because at first I kind of gave him the benefit of a doubt, like, okay, this guy's not new to Vasily, seeing that as a spectator, can he actually, in, you know, influence the game? And he can, so you figure that one out. But no, he, I don't know what he was doing, he was just being weird. So so there's a reference to Roger. I think Roger's become the, the euphemism for anything. <laughs> Anyone who is... Yeah. Douchey gamer. Douchey, questionable, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. I can't remember what the point of that story was, but <laughs> <laughs> like most of my stories, is going on and on. There was a bunch of people today. That's hilarious. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think we were talking about else with John. How much fun I was having with him. Yes, That's good. Yes. And then we've been playing uh, Victory Denied, though lately work for me has been too much. So yeah, we'll uh, get that uh, done. That's a great game too. And um, I've set up for a big ass spanking, so I'm I'm eager to get that started back again. So yeah, well, we'll play that again soon. I I like actually that's we were talking about you know Eastern Front games or you know you're not big on on whatever, but. I I am not big on Eastern Front. Like it, it's a part of history. I, I you know I've read the the book by Anthony Beaver about Stalin grad, and that was a great book. But it, it just like it's a part of history. I just doesn't grab me. So the games don't tend to grab me. But that game I really like. Victory Tonight is a great game. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, I'm into the La Batale system right now. So that's the big yeah. thing. So I've yeah. just graduated up from the Marie Louise rules to yeah. the Regs. And, uh, it's been great. Very yeah. thrilled with it. Very happy with it. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, hardened, sardonic, uh, yard. bitter, yeah, guy. I'm not gonna be, but I would say that, uh, the Marie Louise rules, moving up the regs kind of, uh, has really opened up a lot of stuff for me as far as Napoleonics and how to play it. I really enjoy the, that La Bataille system. Would okay. you recommend going that route though, like starting with Mary Louise and then going into the regs instead oh, of just yeah, jumping right in? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think you need to do Mary Louise. You need to play a couple of games through mm-hmm. with Mary Louise until you feel pretty pretty comfortable with the formations. Because yeah. you're going to get to points where you're like, "Well, that seems weird. Why is that a rule?" But it, it's kind of simplified for Mary Louise. And once you graduate to regs, then you'll see, "Oh, that's why we don't do it that way." And because mm-hmm. it's I mean, there's there's parts of it that are just really great. I mean, the first time you slam like a a cavalry uh, column into a unit and you just get to roll melee after melee as each hex comes in and hammers into them and mm-hmm. bed, pick the best one, you know, uh, you start to get the feel for it. Or or where uh, the the guy can't game you by trying to. Like charge one cavalry unit and then charge another one. In in the regs, they have to move all their guys up and then charge all their cav. And so there, there's just a bunch of rules that are great. But I definitely recommend doing Marie Louise. Know that you're you're kind of 
doing a beginner system, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the beginner rules, getting the feel for the game, and then you're going to graduate up to where it's going to be. Like I'm doing Lutzen right now, and I'm loving it. So, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's a a, a BG guy, Kirali, 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 yeah, Kirali, don't know. Sorry, buddy, but uh, we're we're going to start doing some reg stuff with uh, maybe uh, Quattro Bra. So I've got Quattro Bra. So I, I don't have awesome. it. I don't have it, and it's it, it, God damn that fucking game seems like it's out of print. <laughs> Is that game out of print now? Uh, I got it on eBay. Um, I think it is out of print, but I got it on eBay. These fucking um, games, like are in, in, in trend. It's out there. I mean, is the it us? It's nice small. It's not do, like a huge. Do game. we say games good and like like a hundred guys run out and buy it? Because uh, I would say in that case, do not buy Quattro Bra. It Sucks. Component terrible. quality is horrible. Terrible, do not buy it. Terrible, map is ugly, you know. The weird thing about Lutzen is I bought Lutzen, and it was like the fucking last copy Wargame Depot had, and I bought it, and the, but the, the, the chits are kind of fucked up in how they're punched. Oh. And so the corners aren't completely punched, so you have to like exacto knife them. Oh, it's probably older. Yeah. Is it an older game? It must be an older game. Yeah. Have you had to do that? Yeah. I've never had to do that before because I, I guess I just buy newer. Yeah, at Omaha Beach, I had to exacto like yeah. all four sides, you know. Oh, like, that drives me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it on the forum too. I I love the game. The map is is excellent and it's good quality. The cards are good quality, but the counters. Yeah. Decisions. You know. Yeah, um, terrible. Yeah, it just like the. Well, I've got a bunch of torn ones, and it's just oh man. It was the mess. thing I but like. It's a great game. Is, even if I clip it, there's like a section that kind of juts out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jason, Jason's my, uh, like print to play type guy. So, Jason, you know that? Yep. What am I talking about there? What's going on? I don't know. That's... Well, I was horrified. So I get the loots and things. I'm like, I'm like thinking, oh, I'm just going to punch this shit out and fucking clip it. So I start punching out the loots. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this shit? Or you punch it, you clip it, and like some of the color comes off. Oh, that's terrible. Ooh, but, yeah. but these are old, old counters, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I think if if I run into an issue with the counter in general, I'll just take the exacto knife to it, just just yeah. in case. So you just run down the edges. Yeah. But then I ran down an edge and I shaved a part off of a counter. Yeah. You generally should be somewhat sober before you do it, though, Dave. <laughs> Recommended. I was so pissed, dude. <laughs> then I then I tried to make a new counter. I said, "Fuck it, if Jason can do this shit, I can." <laughs> so they had those counters that are in there, the blank counters. So I said, "I'm going to print this out." And fuck, oh, it was a disaster. Yeah. I have my paint, like from because I'm a miniatures gamer. I have like my paint up there, painted awesome. the same color. And then I, I told my wife, I said, I, I need your clear, uh, your, your clear, uh, uh, like clear nail uh, polish. Nail polish. <laughs> I was fucking terrible. Fuck. That's pretty bad. Uh, but Jason, you should put a uh, tutorial up on how to do print and play games because uh, I've got no fun. Like some of them look good, I got no clue how to. That's not a bad idea. Jason, you there is done that? there is one on Quantum World. There's actually one on Quantum oh, World. Jason's big thing that he did print and play. I I do, yeah. but I haven't 
showed my process or anything. But the thing is, there's one, there is a, a, uh, whatever, a Jake. section on Constant World where a dude, a guy does a tutorial and it's great, but it's really complicated. Like, he's got this specialized glue and he's mm-hmm. like, like your room really well and, you it's know, like, oh, no, not Elmer. Like, I can't be bothered to do that. Like, there's so, gotta be an easier way. So Jason, you don't, you don't, you do a little, uh, pizza roller? Um, no, I have a, I'll, I'll throw some wax paper down and then just use a ruler. Oh, get the fuck. What the fuck are you talking about? Isn't that something they should be doing at the fucking factory? Are you kidding me? No, a lot of this stuff, like, on Board Game Week right now, there's a solo yeah. print-and-play contest, and people just put up solo games for print-and-play and stuff yeah. for stuff like that. This stuff makes me completely fucking... So there, there, there's, this is why I ask you, Jason, because there is one from that contest that I printed out, and it's about the Irish Rebellion in 1916, right? Oh, that's right? last year, yep. From last year, yeah. And I actually, I, I have it right in front of me right now, because it's still on my desk. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought, I'm a fucking genius. So I, I, I print it out in color, and I get one of those, uh, what are they, like, you know, like display boards. Okay. And that, that, that you can peel off one side and it's sticky. I thought I'd just stick it on that. It'll be yeah. really cool. But it's about a quarter inch thick and it's styrofoam. So each yeah. of my cards is a quarter inch thick and weighs about, you know, a, a millionth of an ounce. Right. And just looks horrible, and it's really unplayable the way it is. So that obviously didn't work. But having read the rules, I think I think this guy won the contest. Actually, it actually sounds like a good game. He right? won war game, yeah, the war yeah. game category. Yeah. So what I would recommend for the the counters is you print it on um, its full sheet labels. So it's like a it's a sticker basically that's mm-hmm. eight and a half by eleven. Um, I don't know if they, they make it real f- quick, guys. Yep. I don't mean I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm interrupting. Uh, I'm gonna go get another drink. Um, you okay. guys continue on in this ex- explanation. Okay. I will be right back. Let's actually pause because I'm getting kicked out of my room. So. Oh, excellent. By who? By whom? The my government? Wife. My wife. She's trying to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pause. Very, um, unpro- very unprofessional. Yeah, I know. Yeah. As opposed to my pause. <laughs> Super. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm back. Oops. I'm back. I'm here too. All right, so what I would recommend is using it's it's they're called full sheet labels, and it's an eight and a half by eleven sticker, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll print the print the counters onto that. Yeah. And then I would stick that onto the back of an old notebook. Um, so like if you work in an office, which I do, um, you can find like the last, you know, if you have two or three sheets left in the regular size notebook, you can take that, um, you stick those onto that and then cut them out from there. The poster board stuff, the, or foam core. Yeah, that's what it is. Foam core. Um, is just, it's too big and a lot of people recommend it, but it's, it's too light too. So it's it's this weird and, and, and because this is a card driven game. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, you know, for a print and play, he's done a really good job. Like, I'm looking at the cards now, and they're really cool, but they're just ugly. When you cut foam core, like I was using an exacto, but you still, it kind of shreds a little bit, you know? Like it, it'll never be a clean cut. And yeah. I've got the counters here, and yeah, they're they're just they're they're a quarter inch thick. And yeah, yeah. I used it because a lot of people recommend it, so I finally used it um, on a game recently, and. I don't like it. I'll never use it again. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find anything thinner either. I think quarter inch seems to be the 
the only size it comes in. I don't know. Like, I think yeah, so. how, how come whenever I go get drinks, when I come back, uh, you guys are chit-chatting like a bunch of fucking Catholic schoolgirls? <laughs> like, well, we're talking about war games, Dave. I don't know what you're doing. Where uh, is your broadcasting room with like relative to your bar room? Uh, your right bar down, service room, right downstairs. Yeah, I'm, mine's right upstairs. I'm in the basement right now. So, like, I, I get two drinks. I come back. You guys are already, already like knee deep in conversation. That's right. I had to, I, I got a beer, and you know we're. I even I, relocated. I smell a cool. Are you guys no. trying to get rid of me? <laughs> yes. It's fucking Thailand, Dave. I smell a cool foot. <laughs> please, please get rid of me. <laughs> Never. Yeah. I think Jason took us out outside at one point. Did you, Jason? No, it might have sounded like that, but I, I heard traffic at one point. Did his yeah, wife I, his ear? I lit. Yes, she did. But I think I was finally muted by that time. Right. I live on a on a minor arterial street, mm-hmm. so uh, there's there's a lot of traffic. They've experienced it from time to time. Yeah, drag racing. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, that's terrible. So, yeah. Jeff, you're 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 buried deep down in your bunker. I am. Yeah, the UN helicopters cannot get at me. Nice. I'm uh, planning my next open carry rally. <laughs> that's a that's a good cause. It is, and it goes over well in Canada, where. <laughs> yes, no, I'm not about that. So I'm not going to ask if we're uh, recording because I know Jason's talking. Yes. So we're obviously recording. Yes, we are. We've actually been giving informative. Um, details on print and play games. Oh, so the last piece of advice for that, for the cards, if you have cards, yep. um, just use the 100-pound card stock. Okay. Um, and then if it's front and back on separate sheets, it's a little bit harder. Um, if it's on one sheet, you can just kind of crease it and then fold it. But yeah. use two sheets of that glued back-to-back and okay. then cut cut that out. Um, it's, it's perfect from there. See, see, I like like your methods a lot simpler because this guy, and he sounds like he sounds like someone who who you know probably is a cabinet maker or something. You know, like right. very skilled with his hands. I don't know if you know the the, the one I'm talking about. The, the instructions that are up there, I've but they're seen very. It. He's yeah. like, oh, this is easy, and I'm like, no, this does this is not easy yeah. for your and, average and person. And you mark your cutter with this, and then put your thing here, yeah. and do this. And this and this glue you can find at certain hobby stores, and yeah. if you sniff it, you'll die in three seconds, <laughs> and you know, like. It's beyond I'm, my key. I'm sure his counters look great, but it's beyond my capability. Yeah. If I'm anything, I'm lazy, so I take the easiest route to get a yes, playable game I am, that's still functional. Yes. Yeah. And I'm usually tipsy by the time I'm getting <laughs> to the, that stage on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Did we have another game to review? Yeah, Jeff. I got one. Hit so, it. Um, I, uh, I want to review, uh, a game that I've had for a little while now, and just sort of got, uh, playing, uh, the last month or so is, uh, Increment 1854. Well, we're, we're looking for you to you actually contributing to the show. So this will be good. So. Right. Right. Son of a bitch. I think the best contribution I could make right now is to hang up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not answering quiz questions. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Increment 1854 by Vivictus Games, a French game company. They seem to do, uh, well, probably everyone listening knows a lot more about it than I do, but, 
they, uh, it's a magazine, I believe, French language magazine, and they, they produce folio style war games. And I have very limited room in my house. My wife's not willing to share, you know, like, all of our bookshelf space for large boxes. So folio games fit really well for me. And, nice. uh, I've gotten a few of them. It's nice. I also, I don't have like, you know, a dedicated game room and I don't have a dedicated gaming table yet. I'm going to buy, I'm planning on buying, you know, like a, 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 those, uh, card tables with the legs fold and all that. So right now I'm playing on my coffee table. So I need games with maps that sort of fit that. Uh, that that those dimensions and uh, and okay, photo so games. So Jeff, you're playing on your, in on your coffee table in your basement. Yes. Oh, Canada. <laughs> My basement, I'll have you know, <laughs> has ten foot ceilings and is very nice. <laughs> you know, I spent a lot of money on. Uh, is it finished? <laughs> I, I spent a lot of money renovating this basement twice, actually. I've watched way too many Love It or Listed episodes to believe in any of that. <laughs> okay. okay, it's my mom's Can... basement. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I picked up this game on eBay, and uh, I, but it's still in print. It's actually fairly new. Um, what I like about these games is their uh the, the price point is you know between 20 and 30 dollars i think this one was 27 dollars plus a bit for shipping um the uh the game is about the battle of inkerman which uh took place on the 5th of november 1854 part of the crimean war uh, did you have to trim the counters out with an exacto knife i did not but oh, i will God. get to that. i will that's get a, to that. that's a huge bonus it is a huge bonus yes um, so, uh, it pits the, uh, the British and the French against the Russians. The Russians were holed up in Sebastopol. Uh, Inkerman refers to Mount Victoria, Mount Inkerman, which is the, sort of the hills, uh, surrounding Sebastopol, which is a port on the Crimean Peninsula, which is sort of in the news today. Yes. I think fought over. Uh, in fact, Sebastopol, I think, is part of, uh, Russia now, technically speaking, after they annexed it. Um, and uh basically the, the the Russians were trying to break a siege. They come out and they fight uh, uh they're trying to push the Brits and the French and actually the Ottoman Turks, but they don't seem to figure in this game I'm, um off off these hillsides uh that particular day happened to be extremely foggy, and so you know in the eighteen fifties you know it was it was still muskets lined up against muskets. And when you put all this fog in, it actually turned into uh, isolated pockets of soldiers fighting vicious hand-to-hand battles. It was actually called the Soldiers' Battle for that reason. And uh, so it, it, it was. It, it became a very interesting battle in that sense because you had the fog clearing later on as the day went on. So you got some traditional, like you know, volley fire, but most of it was just incredibly vicious hand-to-hand combat. Um, and basically, the, the the British and the French defeated, they were outnumbered, and they did push back the Russians, but the Russians just decided to hold up at Sebastopol, and and everyone, it sort of turned into a stalemate for the next two years, so uh, um, it was a what you could say an allied victory, but uh, a bit of a Pyrrhic victory, really. Um, I'm interested in this, because I actually had an ancestor fight there. Uh, my great, great, my five greats uncle was uh, in the British Army, 30th foot, and uh, he, he was wounded at, at, at Inkerman, actually, and you know, I have his service papers because it's part of the thing I like to study, and and uh, it, it has him as uh, uh, a light, lightly wounded. 
And then you read the service papers is a musket ball shattered his elbow. That is lightly wounded. Shattered his elbow. Was it his pint elbow? It might have been his off pint elbow. It, it might have been his, it probably was his <laughs> off pint elbow, you're right. And, and wounded him badly enough that he was actually pensioned out of the army. And to get a pension in the British army, uh, back then, it wasn't automatic. You had to prove that you were wounded sufficiently that you couldn't work. Right, it wasn't like you know you did your twenty years and you got a pension. It wasn't like that. So he actually was pensioned out. So uh, if that's lightly wounded, I guess you know badly wounded is when they're you know starting to saw saw into you with no anesthetic. So um, that that kind of drew me to the game. Anyway, uh, so talk about the game and mechanics. Yes. So uh, it is it's 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 hex encounter. It is uh, each turn has two activations. They have it as activation A and activation B, and you roll for initiative. However, it's not like a traditional initiative roll where it's a 50-50 chance. The Russians are always what you might call, say, player one, right? Mm -hmm. And you roll to see if you can reverse that. But it's a D6, and only a roll of one or two will reverse it. Okay? So So, only only the British player rolls? uh, Yes, yes. Right. Um... The British player or, or rolls each turn. Any, anyone can roll for the initiative. It's just one person has to roll right. on a one or two reverses it. So in activation A, uh, the Russian player will go first and then the British player, and then you roll for initiative again, and then uh, you have activation B where, you know, player one goes and then player two goes, and that's a turn, and then the turn marker moves ahead one. So, so um, otherwise it's I go, you go. It, it, yeah, it's it's I go you go with a with, with a bit of a, a twist to it, which is actually it, it, it's an interesting twist and, and it works fairly well. Uh, there is a a uh, a fog marker that 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 um, can that then turns to, dissip, to that dissipates as the game goes on. So initially you're restricted on on your line of sight and how many hexes you can fire, and then as it dissipates, you know. The armies get closer to each other, and then all of a sudden, the the fog lifts, and and all hell breaks loose. Um, the the map is it's a really nice map, actually, and it's uh you know you, you guys were in the army, and uh, you would recognize it. It, it, it. It's heavily contoured. I mean, it's it's a lot like a, a military topographical map in that sense. And um, uh, movement is interesting uh, in that uh, each. You, you, you have movement points, so you have like usually it's three or four movement points, and you can move as many hexes as you want, but it's restricted by how many contour lines are in that hex. Oh, so if cool. there are, are two, if there are two contour lines in the hex, it costs you two movement points to move into that hex. If there's only one contour line, then you you you, you only count one, right? <clears throat> if you're moving up a road, there's a couple roads, then you can take off one contour line. You know, so, uh, and if you, if it costs you, uh, three or more movement points to move into a hex, so a very steep hill, essentially, you're automatically disordered moving into that hex, so. <laughs> so, so Jeff, Jeff, generally, as far yeah. as combat works. So, com- combat is, uh, there's two types of combat, fire combat and shock combat, and they usually goes fire combat first, then shock combat, which would, represent how combat was back in the 19th century, right? You fire your volleys and then you charge with your bayonets, right? And, um, it's, it's, it's very straightforward. It's, uh, uh, it's, uh, each counter will show you a, a fire value and a shock value, one or two points. And if you're stacked, which you, you, there, there are some stacking rules, uh, you just add up the number of points and you'll have, uh, your CRT, 
that, that, that'll tell you what column. So say there's two points, you go to column two, you roll a D6, and, and you just read down the result. So Results basically, are, a unit moves up, the defender shoots, the attacker shoots, and then what, there's a melee? Then there's a melee after, generally speaking, yes. There's different types of units, so some of them are like pickets or, or detachments which have no steps. So if you, if you roll that they're, you know, uh, they get a step loss, they're just eliminated. Um, but there are no victory points in that sense for doing it. It just, you know, they, they just lose. skirmishers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. A full infantry unit actually has five steps. So, you would, if you, you have one step loss, they have a, like these counters that have minus one and minus two on them, so you'd, you'd take one loss, so you have a minus one counter, and then a minus two counter, then you flip them to a reduced side, and then minus one, minus two, and then they're eliminated. So, so Jeff, yeah. when you played the game, did, yeah. you, did you feel it gave you the, the, the feeling of the battle? Yes, it did. Once I got to know the game, so the, the, the rules are, so it's ten pages and, and, of rules. And the, the reason why I ask is, when we do reviews, sometimes guys get so caught up in the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about more how you felt about the game, how it made you feel, how, how like the decisions you had to make. So, yeah. So um, I think it did. I I I found the mechanics and some of the rules a little bit finicky, but only a little bit. Once I got past that and I was into the game. Um, it flowed quite well. I like the variable activation. It gave a sense of, you know, if one side is getting a little bit of momentum and then you win the initiative again, they get a double activation in that sense, uh, which I think would have been realistic for the time. <clears throat> um, the, the tactics that you have to employ, I think, are realistic for the time, too. Like, you know, uh, uh, flanking maneuvers are very important. Um, you have to use terrain in the sense, uh, uh, the way you choose your, your, your routing up to, uh, to contact with the enemy is very important because of the way the, the terrain rules work. Um, the, the game flows very well, actually. Uh, the, the combat phases are, are, are very clear. And I think that they're very, uh, sort of true to the time, you know, where, where you would, you, you fire your volleys, like, like you move into contact with the enemy. They're, they're gonna have some defensive fire against you. You fire your volleys, and then the next, the next move is, you know, sort of charge, and, and, and you're into melee then. Sure. So. Now, and just a quick question, having mm-hmm. come from the Labatai system. Yeah. Uh, is there, are there formation choices? Like, you can approach in column, or yes. line, or there's there, advantages to either formation, or? There are, but they're not as, uh, as well defined. So they're, they're they're kind of generic uh, in the rules and uh, without flipping through exactly to them, the Russians are usually in line or the French are usually in line and uh, the French. So they generally have, have a preferred formation. They do, and they and they offer some differences, but like when I was doing the learning games, I played without the formations, and then I played with the formations, and honestly, the formations didn't add much to it. It's not like La Bataille where the formations are key. Right. Uh, it it. The, the, the one thing that does make a difference is that you're in march order to begin with and you get a lot more movement points like it's either six or eight depending on the unit yep. and then when you choose to move to combat formation then you're down to the movement as is indicated on the counter that makes a big difference because uh, the guys are like getting ready for to be shot at exactly exactly so yeah there is some choice in formation i don't 
I'll have to play a few more games really concentrating on that to see if it makes a difference. I don't think it does. Because of the terrain, you're, you're, you're fighting on a hillside, essentially, right? Well, that's good. I think that's valuable. That's good. Yeah. Good yeah the component quality is really nice. I think you would actually like this day for a, a folio game. Um, the counter, the counter art's really nice. And I don't do, know... Do you know as, something, as, Jeff? As a I have never played a magazine war game. Yeah. This my, doesn't feel... In my entire life, feel. I've never played one. Well, you know what? Um, when I come out to California this summer, I'll bring it with me. And well, you can have a look at it. That it's, will be a crazy night. I think the California National Guard will have to be on standby. <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. So... That um, looks pretty sharp. Kind of looks really cool. Like uh, I don't know a lot about Russian or French uniforms at the time, but I know a bit about British uniforms at the time, and uh, they, they, they're, they're fairly accurate. And also, what's cool is that each kind of like counter isn't the same. They have different poses for the soldiers, so each counter oh, cool. has like, so the, a like firing, or they're doing the different. That's cool. Yeah, some some guys are, are loading their musket, but it's it's like you know when you when you load a musket, often you see they have it uh, slightly angled up, and and and, and the butt will be on their hip and. And some guys are like in a charge pose. Some guys are, you know, at a sort of a uh, resting on their arms. And pose. It has elon counters. It has elon counters. Yeah, that, those I was gonna get. A, those are optional rules. Elon and 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 leaders down all that. So I I've, I haven't played a lot with the optional rules. Uh, what they add to it. There's only two scenarios, right? You have. I mean, it's a limited battle. It was, you know. And and sure. we're, we're, this is increment. Increment, right. So there's two scenarios. There is the first scenario which starts with the Russians already on the hill and their last approach to contact, right? The other scenario is like the grand scenario which has most of the Russians are off the board and you can really march them in and everything is a lot more variable. Um, the, the first scenario is more like this is how it's set up historically, have at it. Um, the, the, the victory conditions are essentially the Russians are given um, there's certain uh, mar- um, certain hexes are, are, are pre-marked on the map. Uh, I think there's five or six victory hexes, and you you draw from a you draw chits and, and like two or three chits, and it'll have the, the the numbers matching. And if you say get one, two, and five, those are your victory hexes. If the Russians get mm-hmm. all three, they win. You know, if they get one out of the three, it's uh, a minor victory. Sure. You know, so. so, so Jeff, let me ask you real quick, just because mm-hmm. uh, can the Russians win? Yes, absolutely, they can. I mean, because I know you're Canadian, so you want to, and you have a relative fight there, so you want, you want. So when you play it, <laughs> can the Russians win the game? They can, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Have they ever? Is. Have they ever won the game? Uh, in in the, modern time, in existing time. Uh. The last That's time a very I played, ambiguous question. The last time I played, they were going to win. Have they, they ever won? No, <laughs> they have not. But they I'm could. Kind of wreck our good game ratios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the the thing is, the British and the French have a lot of reinforcements that come. But on. I would say, hey, all you Russian listeners who I know right now in the Ukraine are listening. Yeah. All you Russians who are secretly Russian. But they're still listening to the Ukraine for a podcast. Hey, get on and and, and play test this game. We'll, we'll definitely bring you on. Just join the guild. Do, so we have, do we have any Ukrainian listeners? Not off the top of my head. Don't know. But there's uh, so there's a lot of replayability of this game. 
even though it's sort of a limited battlefield. Are you going to try to struggle back onto the uh, actual review? I'm still listening. Yeah. <laughs> Please continue. I have one person interested. So. I'm looking at a picture <laughs> of the map, and I'm... And I know Lucas. Lucas, you're out there. Are you Russian war gamers that listen to our podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Lucas wanted to know about this game, so that's why I chose this review well, just for you, Lucas. I, I absolutely think it's a great review. You've done a great job. So. Yeah. So, uh, to sum up, I would recommend the game. It is not a huge cost. It solos really well. I haven't played it face-to-face with, uh, with anyone. There is actually a Vassal module has just come out. So, uh... I will throw it out there if anyone in the guild wants to play. I'll uh, maybe scan over a copy of the rules and then you know read them over and we'll and we'll nice. play. Um, it's uh, it's a fun, fun game. Uh, it's well designed. The rules, uh, ten pages of rules. It's a twenty page rule booklet. Uh, you know, half in French, half in English. I I am fluent in French. I I know it's uh, everyone has their faults, so there you go. But um, I, I, I re- the, the rules are really well translated. I actually have a feeling, I don't know who did the translation, I have a feeling it's a native English speaker because there's no awkward phrasing in the rules. And uh, a couple times I wasn't sure on a rule and I read the, I wanted to read the French version to see if it was any clearer and, you know, the wording is identical French and English. So it, it, they're really well done. I found the rules jumped around a little bit. That's just a complaint of how they're organized. But, but you know, they're that's just a, a minor complaint. Um, it gets a little finicky uh, with the movement points, like counting. Like sometimes some of the, you know, the, the contours, your eyes are going, you're going cross-eyed just trying to count all the contour lines. But that's, you get used to it. I mean, the, those are minor, minor uh, faults. Uh, like I said, the component quality is, is really good. Uh, not just for a magazine game, I, I, for any game. If you got this in a box and, and, and you had this component quality, you'd be happy with it, you know? All right, all right so, so, okay, Jeff. So I'm stop you right there. All right. So you clip these things; they look nice. I punch them. I do not clip counters. They look nice. <gasps> I know. What the fuck? I don't even know. I don't. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> okay, so I was in the infantry, so I am by nature lazy. Um, <laughs> but you, so when you look and, at the and, corner, and, and by nature useless too. So you, you look at the corner. Is it trim? I like uh, square. That they're square. They're square. There's nothing like. There's no like little dagos hanging off of them or anything like that. Well, dagos. That's a that, that's a racial slur. I know. No, 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 no. That's that's, that's, that's when your bum wipe hangs off your bum, you know, because wherever you go, dago. Wait, but some Spanish guy is that what you're saying? That is not. See, it's a slippery slope, Canada. <laughs> The truth about Canada, we are fascist racists. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you guys are worse than any of us. You oh, just don't talk about it. No, yeah, well, we're smarter than that. Come on. Hidden under a veil of politeness. That's right. So, so you don't mind if a little Dago corner hangs off, but you're fine. I don't love it, but I'm not going to have a, an aneurysm about it. That hurts my heart. Well... Cause I clip. I'm, I'm, so. I'm, I'm useless at, if I took a counter clipper, I could get, you know, that $40 deluxe one. No, no, I, Jeff, you, I'd you fuck own, it up. Do you own a counter clipper? No, of course not. Oh, for fuck's so, sake. So, beers. Okay, so, um. Yeah, let's do the game. Fun, fa- fun factor in let's beers. Fun factor, game. 8 out of 10. It's a fun game. Nice. Alright, beers, um. 
Let's see, I gotta do metric conversion, currency carry the one. Are we talking American beers or Canadian beers? Well, based on what you've drank tonight, it's about two thirds of what I've had, so. <laughs> exactly. It's about 27 PBRs. <laughs> or, or, we'll Delicious. say seven, seven good steam whistle Canadian beers that I'm drinking right now. I, it, it's, it's seven, eight, nine beers. It, it's, it's, Easy the, the rules are finicky, but once you get into them, they're good. You know, like. It's playable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, are there examples for guys who want to play, like on BGG or what? No, this is the disappointing thing: is you go to the the the, the page, yeah, there's and someone has you know scanned the counters and the and the map and everything. There's not a single mention in the forum. Like, there's no no questions in the forum. Everything is like zero. Nothing. Yeah, that's bad. Because I mean, let me let me put this out here: we are a a a young generation, young Turk. BGG oriented guild. So, Absolutely. so when we want games up there, we want to see game designers coming on BGG, constant yeah. world truck shit. We're not going over there. We want to hear BGG stuff. We can get our pictures up, the, photos of no games. Questions about it either though. But we uh, get action reports. We can get all sorts of great photos up of, of games. If you're a designer and you're not up on BGG, you're missing the boat. Shame on you. You should be there. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, um, so, it's a, yeah, look, it's, it's a, it's a game worth playing. It's a game worth buying. Um, it's too bad that it doesn't seem to be popular in BGG. That's why I think I reviewed it because, um, I, I, I like it. I think it's a great game. It's, it's, so it's one Jeff, of are you going to post a review on actual BGG? Um, does that involve work on my part? Yeah, right. That would actually require. Remember the, remember the part where I said I was, Do you lazy? know how I post yeah. all the pictures after you large or original. Yeah. yeah, that would you would have to do something. Yeah. Okay, Dave, I'll I'll get on that. No, no, people might people might send you point zero one cents of BGG gold though. You might get shit. It. You're right. You're right. Point oh five. That translates four real Canadian dollars, I think. I don't think that the current exchange rate is. I don't think. I don't think. I will. I will see if I can do something on uh, for the the uh, increment 1854 section on BGG, which is currently empty. If you put it up there, tell them it's from our guild. So (coughs) hopefully, the idea is, hey, you know what? I'll just post a link to the podcast and say, hey, check this out for more on this game. Well, well, the bottom line is for us, it's like, hey, we know we have a bunch of young guys who are getting into the game. And they, yeah. they, they, they like wargaming, they like military history, they want to be on BGG, they see it, but there's nothing there for the games. And then yeah. they kind of, they don't know what to do, and then Consum World is, is out there. The train wreck. And yeah, it's, it's just not working for them. And, uh, so for the young Turks, we need this, we need to just get used to just setting up reviews, doing, like, I'll I'll do a review of the game, and I could get BGG Gold or whatever. So a lot of times I would do it. Well, now I just double post it. I put it on BGG, and then I put it on the guild, and I run it. So yeah. So well, maybe I I, sh- I should grab the video camera and do a little playthrough. There you go. I just do. I get my iPad. I just do a bunch of pics, upload, yeah. and then I just run them through. So yeah. uh, I don't know. I'll do that. The current system's Dave. not working. Because the newer guys, older guys, there's some kind of disconnect. And to be honest, I haven't gone on to Constant World to see if there's anything on this game at all. There might be. There might not be either. I don't know. I mean, there's a French company. I know they're very... They have their own uh, kind of equivalent of GMT West in Paris every year where they play one of their games. 
Nice. Yeah, it's cool. If you go on their website, like they have a, a game I want to try. It's uh, about Fuentes de Honoro, which is one of the games, uh, one of the battles in the Spanish Peninsula during the Napoleon. You know, is Wellington against Napoleon essentially. Right. And you go on their website, and then they have this convention, or it's more like a WBC style thing where it's a tournament where they're all just playing this game, but they're having a great time playing it, right? And then they have a champion at the end, and they're in some, like, old building in Paris. It's, like, awesome, right? So Yeah, but don't waste yeah. your money on that when you could be spending on actually coming out and hanging out with us. So. Well, no, I'm not going to fly all the way out there, and I will. However, um, this, uh, I don't know if you guys have played Vivictus games. They seem to be well put together. They seem to, this is my first and only so far. It won't be my last one. No, this is, this is the one that uh, Lucas always talks about right yeah yeah i mentioned it on the forum he's like oh tell me all about it and then yeah that was like you know seven months eight months ago sorry lucas but i'm telling you now so you know hopefully that makes up for it but uh unless he's unless he rage quit tonight i don't know if he's done that yet today, they but. cover a crazy range no, not, of topics not this month rage has been rage has been pretty solid we haven't lost any guys so. yeah i know what are we doing wrong <laughs> 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 well we're definitely not drunk enough no, that's for sure. No, that's true. So yeah, uh, that's my review. It, I hope it went better than my quiz. That's good. It did, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting looking game. It is, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I might have to try one of these. I, 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 I like games about battles that aren't, you know, I mean, I like the Victorian era, obviously, uh, but I like games about battles that aren't, you know, on everyone's radar. Yeah. I suppose, and uh, like uh, that's actually one of the things I want to ask you guys: is what attracts you to a game? Like, is it is it you know a certain mechanic, a certain series, like was OCS or you know GTS or whatever, or is it like specific battles that or or eras that you're interested in? Like, what's the first thing that attracts you to a game? For me, it's the f- the first thing would definitely be the the conflict. Um, mm-hmm. So, post World War Two. I'm, I'm usually mm-hmm. on board. Um, then from there, if it plays well solo, then I'm on mm-hmm. board. Um, and then if it's an interesting system, um, so I like the like the grand. You mentioned the GTS. I like I like that series of games. Um, right. I don't own any of them, but at Console World, I saw a playtest that um, the guy who's designing the Crete game is designing a modified GTS for Vietnam. That's probably going to finally get get me to buy into that system. Um, yeah. Unless the the Tinian game comes out first, that seems small enough to actually manage. Um, so for me, it's definitely the subject first before any interesting mechanics or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Dave. Well, I would say uh, he just likes French names. No, I, I for for me, it's about the history. Mm-hmm. And the stories, and you know, when you hear the, uh, you know, the 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 the, the stories about the guys who are resisting us, they're they're forming a square against cavalry, and they have the flag, and one guy's trying to hide the flag, and you know, the the whole image of what what happens when those guys uh, get into that struggle. For me, that's kind of the adventure. So, yeah. I I'm looking for. Uh, the, the numbers and the statistics and all the dice and all the everything to match kind of the stories that you read about the history. Yeah. So for me. So, you, so you're trying to recreate almost the the, the history, like, like like maybe with a different outcome, 
but but trying to recreate the feel. Well, right, we're right, I've, and yeah. I, I think I've talked about it a bunch on the podcast, and mm-hmm. guys who've heard it. If, if, if. Yeah, okay. I've always wondered that about about you know what, what attracts people to games. You know, is it is it the game, is or is it what? Like for me, coming from a different background, I, I come from a military history background, but it's it's collecting military medals, right? And then I kind of fell into war gaming. Um, whereas you know most guys, you know, some of you guys have been war gaming since you were teenagers, right? Um, for me, it's it, it's got it's the battle first. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of interesting because, like I said. I'm not interested in, in, in World War II Eastern Front, and I'm actually not that interested in, in the medieval period either. However, a victory denied and Blood and Roses are a fantastic game. <laughs> yep. And and I and, and Blood and Roses is my favorite game right now, and I can't get I'm I'm playing it all the time. Even though I I knew fuck all about uh about uh the War of the Roses. Mm-hmm. You know, apart from the fact that it happened. And uh you know, so it's kinda interesting is like that's maybe the beauty of wargaming is that it, it, it brings you into that, you know, like sort of stretches you a little makes bit. Makes you dig into it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those stretches. I think that's a good term for it. Because, yeah, I kind of playing into that. I also have no interest in World War II, but D-Day to Omaha Beach, great solo game, mm-hmm. you know, great mechanics, mm-hmm. probably my favorite solo game. Oh, definitely. Which yeah. now I'm wanting to learn more about that that aspect of the war and kind of dig into that a little bit more. And yeah. So, yeah, it, it kind of goes both ways of a, a topic making you interested in the game, which then leads you to another game that makes you interested in that topic. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. 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 And lately I can't get enough of the French Indochina war. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's interesting. It's something that, you know... We don't know anything about, you know. It's it's not part of our history, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not something that's been written widely about. I think even in France, it's something they'd prefer to forget. Yeah, right? so, yeah. Both both uh, of those conflicts, the yeah, that yeah, and so. Algeria, they don't they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it, but they're very interesting periods of history. And wargaming covers it. It's cool. It does absolutely. Yeah, I think we've lost Dave. Dave, are you there? We've lost Dave. <laughs> We've done it. We've killed him. <laughs> it had to happen later. Tension advance after combat. <laughs> Dave has been moved to a re-education center. Oh no! I just I apparently oh, my uh, my iPad just lost power. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you now, though. I thought the coup had finally uh, happened, but oh, that's funny. Okay, I'm on video. Yeah, you're on video. Let's fix my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So where where was I when I just got off on my rant? Oh, we well, we had totally ignored you, so we have no idea. We were talking about interesting shit. Yeah, what makes you interested in conflicts and digging into that a little bit more? Alright, so basically, I'll, I'll let Jason sort this out later. So, uh. Nah, I'm not sorting anything. <laughs> I'm looking at my victims. uncut. So it's about the struggle. So morale versus mm-hmm. combat strength versus leadership. All that packed into one combat package versus somebody else. That's what it's about. So, 
But the game has to be good, right? Like, would you play a game that you know is, like, so-so, even if it's a subject you're really into? Well, my big thing is uh, I'm really into Command Friction. So Mm -hmm. if there's uh, no kind of, oh, if it's a game where I can move this guy wherever I want or I can do this guy wherever I want, I'm not into that. I I want games where there's resistance in the system. Right. Right. So. I like it. Definitely. All right, I think it's getting it to that time. It, what is it? Two year time, Jeff? Uh, it is one fifty-seven. Yes, it is. That's, That's right. That's right. That's why I was reading the rum and cokes to keep you going, right? Yeah, I guess. I ca- and it was communist rum too. I might add. <laughs> Echo and Cuba. That's the only kind of rum we like. Yes. Except yes. we can't get that here. One day when. When that's all over, you will enjoy Havana Club rum. When we stop slapping Cuba on the wrist for something that happened 60 years ago. Yes. Well, they are communists. Mm. And so is China, though, right? Yeah, that's... We do business with them all the time. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. I'm showing my my pink side. Jesus. You have to leave Arizona right away. Oh, I know. Move to Massachusetts, you call me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. You want to take us out, Dave? You done? <laughs> I think you're done. <laughs> you done? I think we're done. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> hey, hey, hey I, w- I just want to say, though, if you don't buy Liberty Roads... You're a complete idiot. Alright, you know what? Buy it. If I'm you don't own it, it right now. if you don't own it, you're making a huge mistake. <laughs> so if I could rate a game an 11, the game is an 11. You so buy it. Alright. So. I mean, literally, you're carrying the game somewhere and like you have like Five guys stop you and say, hey, no, that's the best game. That's the best game I've ever played. It's like, it's like the dating the model of wargaming. Is that it? Yes. Well, hey, it's incredible. You're, you're kidding. Guys are like, oh, that's Liberty Roads. Oh, that's great. That game is absolutely great. If you don't own it soon, it's your own fault. You will regret it. Right, I'm going to look for it on eBay. Yeah, and I found it, a store that has it. I don't know that I want to spend $75 on it. No, it's going to be worth about $44,000 Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's like the equivalent value of British Columbia. So it's basically a trade-off. There is the only Canadian, a 5% difference in our currency right now. Right, so. no, the, the, the Canadian government is literally trying to buy the game. <laughs> As a counterweight for one of its provinces. Fuck no wonder my taxes are so high. It's like owning gold. (laughs) I knew Dave. Jesus. My wife's telling me I'm being too loud. Oh, that's probably (laughs) that time. My wife went to sleep five hours ago. Yeah. Yeah, but you're down in the basement. No one hears what you're saying. No one hears, I know. know She's two stories up, so. God. This might be either our worst episode ever or our most popular episode ever. It's been a good one. (laughs) Did you think so? Yes. Oh, God, I think it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's different seeing you talking, Dave. <laughs> oh, I, so. I, think I challenge should. all you future guests. But the coloring is less off. than five points. Uh, I, I will I'll say, like, like watching me and this thing, I'm not pink. No? The coloring thing is weird. Like, it look, makes it look like I'm pink. I'm not pink. You haven't had that much to drink? It looks. It makes it look like I'm like a raspberry. <laughs> this, this this is why Marshall used to always send me the videos. I'm like, I don't want to see you. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. It's distracting. Yeah. I don't want your voice. All right, Dave, take us out. Fuck, are we still fucking recording yes. this shit? And it's all oh, three hours. Fuck. <laughs> Go home, <laughs> hug your families. Go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Good night. Good night, all. Thank you for having me on. Yep. Visit us at http colon slash slash bardgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com. Well, this promises to be a truly ripped uh, episode. Are you nice and... Oh, yeah. Too much. Oh, all right. good. All right, like that uh, long day of overtime at work and uh, and some World Cup action. Yeah. Are you a World Cup guy? I'm a soccer guy. Yeah. I watch soccer. Yeah, I've been watching it all day. I, I Don't tell me what happened with England and Italy. I'm happy. Oh, <laughs> that's funny because I just left a birthday party and I, <laughs> I, I showed up and my wife was already there and she, she asked me how the game went and somebody, don't, don't say it, don't say it, it's recording. Sorry. Yeah, I'm halfway through England, Italy, so uh, I don't want to know. Yeah, you there, Jeff? I'm there. Right. Who cares about soccer? Like, honestly, pick up the fucking ball. Oh, I love it. I was just—I I was actually at an international rugby game today. So, Canada, Scotland. We lost by two points. Really yeah. suck. Go Scotland. No way. No I have no idea if that's a close loss or a. Uh, it is close. It is close. We, we we were jobbed at the end. We got a red card with four minutes left and a, and a penalty reversed and the penalties were three points. So. What, what's up with all the cards in Commonwealth games? Well, like in the NFL, you never see like you're getting a card, and it's this color. Yeah, but it's like you get a 15 yard penalty. But what, what, where, where does the tradition of cards come from? I, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, where here's are. a red card. You've been bad. <laughs> I don't know. Can you get a yellow card? Yeah, you get a yellow first. Yellow is uh, 10 minutes off. Right. Your, your team plays shorthanded for 10 minutes, and then a, a red card is you're off for the whole game, and your team plays shorthanded the whole game. Right. Just like soccer. It's exactly. Similar. Yeah, very Except similar. that in soccer, you get a yellow card that has no impact. Yeah. Until you get a second yellow card. Exactly. In rugby, it's a big impact because you play shorthanded for 10 minutes. So it's like yeah. hockey kind of where you get a power play. Exactly. Right. Exactly so, like it. So they've stolen a bunch of rules from different games. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows who stole what from yeah, home? Who knows where it started? Right. Just remember that 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 American and Canadian football came from rugby. This is correct. Yes. So. Gridiron. Gridiron. As they say. Yes. Are you are you a Canadian football fan, Jeff? I'm not really. I used to be more. Um, I just kind of. Like I'll still, I haven't been to a game in I don't know 15 years probably, and I'll watch the Grey Cup on TV if I happen to be flipping by. Like I used to be a lot more into it. But. The what yeah. cup? The Grey the, Cup. It's, that's it's their the, that's their like Super Bowl. The color. Yeah. How, how, 
how we're, no, uh, after Lord Grey, oh, who was the Governor General. Right. It's actually the same, you know, Earl Grey T? Yeah. Same dude. Same, same guy. Jason's thinking, could it be any more washed out in the name of the Grey Cup? Where are we at? Super Bowl 40 something? Don't we don't want to offend anybody. Let's just make it Grey. A bunch of X's yeah. and L's. And grey, grey Cup's at like 101, so it's been around a little longer. That's good. Yeah. It's got some history. Well, Jeff, I gotta tell you, I'm really thrilled. This is fun. I'm, I'm really yeah. excited to have you as a, a mystery host. Tell me that at the end of the podcast after, you know, I've I been will. in gong show. <laughs> this, this, this might be a very boozy podcast. I've been drinking since 2 p.m. and it's now 11 p.m. So oh, yeah, I'm off. It's good stuff. So yeah, so it's good. I've got a, I might be the sober one this podcast. I just mixed a very strong rum and coke because I figured I needed the, uh, the caffeine to keep me going. So I just, I just shifted from whiskey to gin and tonic thinking that somehow that would make me sound more civilized. Oh, yes. Very civilized, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm on the but Newcastle Bombay. ground. Bombay and Diatonic. Nice. So just before you guys get started, I'm just on my iPad now. How's the sound? Is it okay? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, because I've got a, I've got a head second mic for my computer, but no. No, because then the P's pop and the S's sound weird. That's that's what I thought it would pop and all that. So this is if this sounds good, then we're good. We keep it you low sound tech. Is- you sound as good as your low volume, raspy, drony voice could possibly sound. Awesome. I dig it. It ain't getting any better either. But I have, I have the voice of a hobo who's been shot with a tranquilizer dart, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Is, is my Canadian accent too strong? Do you think people will understand me? Yes. <laughs> yes I, is the appropriate answer. I think we'll get through. <laughs> yes, yes to both of those questions. <laughs> It's too strong, and people will and, understand and you. Right. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> the the trouble the Canadians have is understanding when German World War II prisoners want to surrender. They're like, we don't understand you. Okay, we'll just shoot you all. We'll just shoot you, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a funny story about that. About um, atrocities, World War II atrocities? Oh, well, no, no, but after this, so Kurt, Kurt Meyer was the guy who shot all the Canadians, right? Right. And, uh, he became a, so he did uh, all of seven years in prison and, uh, got out in the early fifties and he became a beer merchant. Okay. And my, my dad was stationed in Germany after the Korean war. His, his battalion got, got sent to, to Germany. And, uh, so my dad was a second lieutenant at the time and the vice president of the officer's mess and his company actually sent him by the Canadian officer's mess to try and sell them beer. Oh, wow. Like they didn't put two and two together. So my, like, a lot of the senior officers were all World War II vets. This is 1954, right? So, so Kurt didn't detect any danger in that assignment. I go figure. I don't know, um, but uh, maybe he was just following orders. I, right. I guess that's what, that's <laughs> what they say, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, he was told in no uncertain terms not to come back. And so it was kind of funny, kind of funny and kind of not at all. You <laughs> didn't kick from the end of a rope at the end of the war. So yeah. Anyway. Okay, Jason, you ready to uh, get started? Does every, everything seem to be in order? Yeah, <clears throat> everything's good. We're recording. Excellent. I'm All right, so this is... In. Okay, you just talked while I was going to do the intro. That was kind of fucked up. Oh, we need we need we need our uh, three, two, one. Uh, now, Jason, are you completely sober? <laughs> no, not completely. I'm I'm more sober than I was. Okay, so you're how many hours out from your last drink? Um, well, I'm drinking now. Okay, that's fair. I'm 
three hours from when I when I had when I was pretty buzzed, as you can tell by my slurring. Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll be good. I, I'm the worst judge of slurring because I think my <laughs> normal speech involves some type of slur. In it. So, uh, so we ready to start? Yeah. So, so Jeff, this is how the this magnificent program begins as it lurches into motion, like some <laughs> some some well train, gigantic freight train trying to pull itself up a hill. Okay, so uh, 